Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to podcast! I hate you. Why? That's very bad. Because I peaked. No, you're just really not good at that. Come on, who didn't love 90s boxing Let's and wrestling? Let's get ready to this guy. This guy here did not watch 90s boxing and wrestling, nor any other decade of boxing and wrestling. He was and a, or wrestling. He was a yes. famous, well-known yes. um, announcer who always did Let's Get Rid of Rumble. And if you do... If yeah, what was you, his name again? I should know this, because it is part of pop culture, yeah, I, I don't guess, remember either. I don't know. I Michael do Buffett. Was Michael... No. He was in Real Steel. Jimmy Buffett? No, that's a singer. Imagine though. Imagine if he was the bad guy. I would listen. It'd be it'd be entertaining. It'd be a, a much mellower so, event. So, um, this past weekend, I went to the final performance of um, Nelson Lugo's Epic Win Burlesque. It's called Epic Win Burlesque. The end. Um, it was a great show. They brought out the greatest hits of performers. Nasty Canasta performed to the Flash Gordon theme, the Queen version. Every time they went Flash. Ah, uh, she flashed the crowd oh. from with a giant cape. It was oh. kind of awesome. Yes, I can imagine <laughs> someone yelling at Flash could possibly be fit that. Yeah. Um, I, also, that, that you would have loved <laughs> maybe this no, performer named Lefty Lucy did um, a burlesque routine to uh, Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, dressed as the cheesy, blocky, like '80s sci-fi robot. These are like, the greatest names. They could just play back like the amount of silly names that have occurred like in the last. Minute. Just out of curiosity, has Lefty Lucy ever worked with Righty Tidy? There is no such performer as Righty Tidy, as far as I there, know. There begs to be one. <laughs> That's, That's true. That's helpful. Um, I got to talk that to would Nel- be a great duo. That would be. It would be. It's obvious. Who would call themselves Righty? No one is named Tidy. Well, unless they were Tidy Whities. Male of male burlesker. There are male burleskers, but actually, no. By that name. A co-ed burlesque show. Work. There we go. Yeah, you go in. It has to be co- a little something a little bit uh, low key. Um, but yeah, it was a great show. I had a good time. It's sad to see it go. Um, Shave of the Dark Lord performed. He did one of his songs from his new record called "Boo, I'm a Ghost," singing about being a ghost. I love really how funny. you. I love how you bought that album a couple of minutes ago, so that now I I can get it. Go, from you. yeah, get. I can get it from to. you. Um, also, I got to talk to Nelson for a bit. He says hello and that he would love to do the podcast again. Actually, meet you this time. <laughs> It um, would be nice for me not to be zombified. Yeah, so um, I'm going to try and work it out for November. For him to hear me say hello back, he has to listen. He, that's true, hopefully he does. That's right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good show. It's a shame to see it go, but he's focusing on his magic and some other stuff, so we'll see how that goes. He's excited about a one-man show he's working on, so... I thought he always was a one-man show. Well, yeah, he, I mean... I mean, Schaefer, the Dark Lord, came in, they do a podcast together, right? They do, but well, As far they, as the magic is concerned, that's all Nelson, right? Yeah, but Epic Win Burlesque has always been the two of them. They always hosted it together. Oh, they're be- They're best friends, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but, uh... Speaking of Schaefer, he also has a, a free album you said online now. Yes, oh. it's been out since October. I just only downloaded it now, because I had forgotten about it. This October or last October? Because right now it is October. Last October. Oh, it's... No, oh no, maybe it was over the summer. I don't remember. Anyway, it's called Junk Drawer. <laughs> it's a collection of stuff that's previously unreleased and some remixes. Uh, it also covers So What You Want by um, the Beastie Boys, which so was cool. You, or something. What you want. You want. 
What phase are you in right now, John? But, um, I don't know. Sugar's hitting me all over the place. Yeah. Great. Um, but Thanks. yeah, so I'm hoping to have both of them on soon. Also, I've been talking to Nate, who's going to come on very soon and do our pop culture music podcast as we talk about John Williams, which we'll hopefully John do by Williams. the end of the month. Yes, at some point we will be tackling the great John Williams. And, and I keep voting for the doing Star Doing a retro Wars. review. That keeps going for he the Star Wars. He wants us and to no, do Star, a whole episode just reviewing it's Star Wars. Like, you, guys, you guys had a point you know. with choosing something like uh, Jurassic, Park Jurassic Park. Or Jaws. Yeah, there, there is definite merit in those because there's like... Uh, <laughs> you said that so lightly. No, no, yes, it's yes, true. I suppose there is a certain amount of merit. No, 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 no because there's, like, there's one eighth of the work to in, in it. They are not hours long. I, boo, you know... <laughs> I, I think you're I underestimating. Cannot, like, I, I cannot do a four-hour album review. Well, when it comes to... Yeah, probably. If you add up uh, four through six Star Wars, you probably Oh, four-hour album review. You mean like Flying Lotus, which felt like four hours. Hey, that was not four hours. That's though. relativity. And actually, a lot of those songs are very short. You should really look up Einstein to really understand what you're talking about right now. That's Let's right. get into our album for this week. Um. Oh, wait, really quick before that, actually. On the 17th, which is also Sarah Bisman's birthday, the Wasties are playing at the Way Station on her birthday. So uh, come out, see them. There's going to be a bunch of other bands performing as well. I think Painless might be playing. Oh, and also that Saturday, the 19th, Painless Parker's, you guys will be interested in this, especially John, it's, pa- it's on Painless Parker's birthday. Painless Parker plugged in. He's doing all of his songs with a full band. Which I do think is very clever. Like everybody likes to go unplugged. Aww. So it's that side of He's usually no. unplugged. I'm a little upset because I will be in Pennsylvania. Oh, that's the weekend you're in Pennsylvania? That's that the weekend. I'm actually driving back from Pennsylvania. That that's that night. Sorry, buddy. Thanks. Oh. Because he's going to cover a couple of Green Day songs, I think. Oh, man. Uh, so he had said, I think, yeah. And I guess I Not should be only like, that, but he's got oh, a better voice. Man, shoot. I'll be missing Green Day tracks, doll. There's no reason why you can't go. <laughs> no, that's sarcasm. Uh, not a fan. That, that, that make any sense? Okay, fine. What's he talking about? <laughs> anyway. John is giving me the evil stare right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I'm getting a little rage filled. <laughs> let's, uh, I'm okay with you making fun of other bands, like Weezer and stuff like that. But, do not but apparently, Green Day is untouchable. Do not touch early Green Day. Do not touch something. It. If By you wish, if you wish to uh, rekindle these debates, then please revisit episodes fourteen, twenty-four, and thirty-seven. Uno, dos, and tres. No, if you you're not allowed to talk a smack about anything before super hits, period. <laughs> Semicolon. Actually, I assume I assume uh, I meant to tell you also. No, will Pete, not be this taken. was a slight tangent before the album. Route. We were at, uh, our friend Pete celebrated a birthday last weekend. Happy birthday, Pete. Um, he, he brought up how he still doesn't understand how you call yourself a Weezer fan and still like Hurley. He brought it up. Just saying. It's a look terrible it, record. No, terrible. I look at it as terrible. Weezer got experimentive. And so for this Not week's Not album, invalid. Okay. we are doing um, my pick for this week. It's Everlast's latest record called The Life Acoustic, a play on The Life Aquatic. Um, the album cover is as such as well. Um, it's an all-acoustic record. No uh, Life col- Aquatic references, though, unfortunately. Uh, in the album, no. Well, what's, what's, Just what's, the cover of the album references. What's appropriate there. is that the album title is a cover. The album cover is a cover. All of the music is covered. Yes. M- mostly of himself. He's covering He's himself. He's mostly covered himself except one track towards the end. Um, Please disregard all... the last minute. That is totally meta. <laughs> they're, they're, um, they're all acoustic versions of tracks that he had done on his various <laughs> records. Um, and uh, Everlast is a... Um, 
A. Uh, he, he's A. He's <laughs> he's a an artist who's Tim dabbles in hip hop, some blues, some rock. He's kind of a little all over the place. How did he pick his name? Because the artist in question is Whitey Ford, correct? No, his name is Everlast. Name is Everlast. His his song, his album is called Whitey Ford Sings the Blue. He refers to himself as Whitey Ford. I don't know if that's his actual name or not. Ever you mean like Everlast birth certificate? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying Whitey Ford maybe is his actual name, but he performs under Everlast. What else has he been right. involved well, in? He was a, one of the original members of House of Pain. Yeah. Um. Yes, the band who wrote Jump Around. Oh, band. the band who got me into hip hop. Um, Very interesting. But his since the mid to late nineties, he's been well, the late nineties, early two thousands, he's been going solo under Everlast. Um, solo for a very long time. His now. biggest, his biggest single that you might know is "What It's Like," which was his first, one of his first "Black Jesus," which is featured on this record. Um, um, what's another one? Today is another big one. Sad girl. Sad girl. In so, fact, speaking of which, these are three of the first tracks. So, um, yeah, this all is brought under this acoustic record. Try to just sort of strip them down and make them acoustic. I mean, it's, it's basically unplugged, essentially the opposite of what Pandas Parker is doing. The, the, the thing with Everlast is that he's always played acoustic guitar on his tracks, but now with a backbeat, you know, more hip hop elements or blues elements. This is kind of a straight bluesy rock acoustic record I mean there's not much to it it's just very stripped down um, mm, blues is not a major component yeah no, only, is, only very slight bl- uh, blues it's mostly album. it's mostly rock and roll I guess yeah yeah this is um pretty much a straight rock and roll album we ended up having our genre discussion we actually didn't I don't know if any of you got as far as today's album but no I, I would put this it, it is rock and actually it, it has a big southern rock yeah. feel to it oh, yeah, at least sure. in the rhythm well but, we were discussing but there are, there are moments of blues on this record for sure <laughs> Oh, yes. yes. Or uh, blues orientation. Yes. A little bit so, of gospel here. Uh, There's something. Funny there. thing is, I didn't... So, speaking of getting meta, I didn't write the first track name. I know what it sad is. Sad Girl. Sad, sad girl. girl. But I didn't write it down. Um, so, sad <laughs> so you were going to be like getting into... <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Just gloss over it. The first track is... <laughs> what was that? What was that? <laughs> um, sad Girl is the first track on the record. Um, one, of his, uh, one of his big singles... As I recall, anyway, um, a very easygoing intro track. Uh, it's a story about a girl who's been left by her baby daddy, and uh, a very, a very time, time-tested song. I think a time-tested yeah. theme. Yeah, of course, about um, someone down and out, and and it's very, it's very, it's a very, it's funny because I've heard him talk about the song, and he says that it's not, it's not about a specific girl. It's just he thought of this story in his head of a girl. Who yeah, I mean the idea of this, of this down and out character i think has has been around since antiquity yeah um and portrayed through in modern music since uh jazz era stuff since modern music since modern music okay so we've established this is not exactly a a breakthrough theme you know it doesn't change the um it doesn't change the the emotions the the sympathy, I think, that should be had toward oh, yeah. a character There's definitely, like this. This is definitely building sympathy for the character and to feel it, bad for them. And it does this, them. and it actually this is one of this is one of the higher tracks for me on this album. Uh, it's simple. That's that's a, that's a word we're going to be using in its original, most basic definition. There's very little going on here because it really. This song is complicated in the fact that there's accompaniment to the acoustic guitar. That's the thing. This is a ballad. Um, what's actually kind of interesting is there's a little bit of a funk, it's a little bit of a funk ballad, actually, just because of the riff here. I'm actually surprised I didn't throw out that genre, because, um, 
it's, it's interesting that you could call this complete acoustic. I mean, of course, it's called live acoustic because it's stripped down compared to what he originally did. But the funny thing is that he does actually add... Electric ele- piano. Electric piano. I, I guess it's the only yeah. one that really is electric, but it, it's very present. It actually has a pretty prominent feature in this first track here. Yeah. It provides this riff, which is just so, you know, it goes back to this 70s funk bit, and, and you know, it kind of does blend with the way he sings, which is got a lot of attitude and everything, but... And he's got you know. this, I mean, you know, Everlast has got a very distinct voice as far as this kind of raspy, almost froggy voice. Yeah. John, what'd smoky, you call it? A smoky f- frog. John a referred to it as frog. a froggy, smoky voice, which yeah. is very interesting. Well, I think that's that, actually incredibly descriptive. It is very descriptive, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Let's put it this way. I like Sad Girl. Yeah, I, I, I grew it on me sweet. a little bit. It was sweet. Yeah, it a, was, especially in context of this album, I think this really was one of the stronger tracks. But I noticed something in this, which actually becomes a, a part of a lot of the other songs. His inflection is very, very uh, shoehorned into one way. He starts high, gets low. For every line, he start he 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 rises high and gets low. It's more. Every line, I, I, it's, I noticed it's that it was more weird. variation in volume necessarily. Like uh, range-wise, he doesn't have a huge range. But right. Of course, but I mean volume with, with the style yeah. that he's singing. Yeah, it's really about volume swells and everything. And that's um, you know, it's a style. It's not anything to I'm, impugn whatnot. But you in, could in put my a case, timer to it. It's kind of weird. Oh, you definitely could. This is. It's very. It's very predictable in a way. Um, yeah, but it's no I, it, more predictable than some of Billy Joe singing, for example, in Green oh, yeah. Day. I mean, he's a very predictable singer as well. Uh, Especially would, in the mid-range stuff. I would agree with you there. And yeah. to just per- personally, though, that's not that's not a positive for me. I, I don't like predictable singing necessarily. Mm. I'm not saying that, you know, he's done that throughout his the history of his work, Everlast, here. But it is... It, he definitely settled upon a niche. Again, nothing to badmouth necessarily. If this is the niche that has given his popularity, you know, go for it. But in the context of this particular song... Uh, because there's so little else going on, but I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tame here because of the fact that I actually was drawn in by the electric piano. I think that, it, that there was some excellent comp work going on throughout, and it actually was a fairly dynamic feature in this track. While you have other consistencies that are, well, they're consistent in this track and they're consistent for the rest of the album, such as the rhythm guitar. The rhythm guitar, there's not really a lead guitar. You're not really gonna find a lead guitar in this album. There is just rhythm guitar throughout so it cre- there is a riff pretty much always in 4-4 and it will always be verse chorus verse chorus there's this is this is not really playing around with form at all uh, in many times times it's even simpler than that so it's for those reasons that i tend to be a little bit bored out but there are there are moments that intrigue me and one of those moments here is that electric piano great comp work and for something that might bore you i feel is more approachable. And yes, I know you're looking to be challenged, and a lot of people are, and I'm not excusing right. it. I'm saying, though, that something, especially in the, ca- the the case of this record, it's a very approachable, easily accessible record. Well, that's because of the basic nature of I don't know. Of, I've never met a person who doesn't like acoustic yeah. music. I mean, that's it's the primal. Fact. But that's we've what talked about the guy, we, we've always we always talk about you know, guy with a guitar in a coffee shop. Yeah. And frankly, I think I, I've, I've thrown around that that piece of imagery a little bit too much uh, right. just as a metaphor for the kind of thing that you that is very close and intimate and it is no more appropriate than here yeah. than right here this right. is literally a guy who i mean 
this is the type of work of someone who might get on an open mic night. Yeah. Um, whether it's positive or negative, I don't know yet. But it is... He well, did in, want to strip this down, so it was a choice. In Sad Girl, this was a positive. Uh, I did not find it in Black Jesus, track two. See, and this is where I've kind of got to disagree. Black <laughs> Jesus is a song that, and especially reminded me after listening to the original version of it, was not more complex than this version. It's a very listy, um, um, st- uh, simple song. He's kind of just... Listy, as in... Listing. The lyrics are, are listed. Like, he's you know not what, really... That, I'm really glad you brought that up. I want to just use that as a segue quick, because this is it's a good thing to describe a lot of what he does. Because what we didn't really talk about uh, in Sad Girl is, is lyrics and story and the way we tend to construct albums here. Uh, you can't talk about this album without talking about lyrics, without talking about the story, the theme... Um, and in many cases, you know, you could almost imagine it, 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 it's sort of saving the simplicity in a way. Like if you, if you want to focus on the sad girl and, and her plight, then lyrics could easily bring that out and could bring out the emotion. Uh, but the only problem is that I think in these cases, the, the reason, the way that he is so listy, so what he's trying to say is goes from one thing to the other. For instance, Sad Girl was a ballad. You know, as I said, it's a funk ballad, but it's still a ballad. In other words, it's really about the storytelling, but instead of filling out a story, it's more of just like, here's a thing, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. It's hard to really define, like, a, a message per se, and I think that's what John is talking about here in Black Jesus. It was... It's a little sporadic. Uh, we've, we've gone into the depth of, of uh, types of lyrics... It wasn't the storytelling, because there really wasn't any progression of a story going on here. It wasn't imagery. It was lists, and that is probably the most appropriate see, way I, to do that. See, I disagree, though. I think there is some imagery here, especially when he's talking about the gangs and violence. and, and like, I, But I don't... It's... Imagery... Was it Bloods is, Keep Bloodin', Crips Keep Crippin'? I mean, yeah. it's, it's... I don't know. It's more like saying, here's a thing, this is the way it is. Like I'm not, I'm not completely down on that, but it's a, it's a little weak, I think. It comes, it strikes me as that, that whole, MC. Here I am. This is what I see. This is how it is. And it's a little tiring we'll, after a while. We'll, we'll talk about but this I a think, few times. But I, I we'll think we'll go back. We'll go back to the original. In the original version of this, um, because I want to talk about the differences. There was layering. There was heavy beat work. In that case. You, you you get a better flow with lyrics of this nature in a, in a, in the hip hop style of music. Right, I think it's more about like the choices. You know, not that we're devaluing acoustic music in any regard. It's more like if if you pick a song to become acoustic, I feel like there has to be a little more of a careful selection there. For this kind of track and the stuff that John just pointed out, like that is very much it it, it fits the stage. It really fits an audience. You feel like you need to have them behind you or because instead of in front being, of you. <laughs> instead of being a nonsensical list, which is how I really look at the lyrics in this version, it was punctuating imagery in in the beat-driven original. Here, because there's no driving force, because there's nothing... Well, the only driving force you, is the rhythm guitar. And that rhythm guitar tends to be very much the same throughout. It's not a very dynamic thing. When he it's picks not, a riff, he sticks with it. Yeah, it's not strengthening the lyrics. It's not accenting the lyrics, so you're not getting anything showcasing to you. Uh, Black Jesus, White Moses, I mean, it's 
It's it's just not doing anything. It's one of those this is me kind of tracks, you know. Yeah, and and that's exactly why I like it, and I kind of disagree. I think that the lyrics and how he sings it is enough for me to pull me through the song. I mean, the breakdown choruses when he does the na 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 na, like there's so much singing na na. That was actually yeah. That there part, was power that and up. passion in that. But then he does. In the original, he has this part where he, he he's, he's yelling out, wah, 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 wah. And honestly, when he does that little interlude in this song... <laughs> I, I was down I, with the na-na-na, I wasn't with the wah, no, wah, no, no, wah. No, 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 It was... The way it's presented in the original is so much different than what it's here. It's a, it's a breakdown supposed to be, like, soothing, I guess. It's really just terrible. Ah. Uh. I don't know, that's a I little... Disagree. I really didn't it comes, like it. I really I disagree. Didn't like it. it comes I, like this. Okay. I like it. I think it was a nice slowdown to the song, kind of broke up the monotony of the song, because it can be a little bit repetitive, even though I enjoy the song. I want to get into one, another thing here. Um, within his vocal work, he's pretty... He is pretty, pretty good with rhyming. I mean, he's... You know, he can rattle off rhymes very, very oh, easily. He's got, he's got, he's got a he's good freestyling. He's got the wordsmithing ability. Yeah. Wordsmithing. Yeah. He's probably practiced some freestyling. Um, for all I know, this song may have been born out of some, such kind of uh, freestyling. Um, that said, sometimes, sometimes the rhymes are a little bit safe, just a little bit. Now, I'm coming from a from a perspective that I'm not, you know, thoroughly within the the hip hop realm here, but I've heard what I've heard. I mean, the only other hip hop album that we've done uh, on the podcast has been Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. This thing, which was pretty much a debut wonder, yeah. uh, and John could talk you up <laughs> talk that to death it was actually but... a sophomore album <laughs> was it now yes it was okay but the thing here i'm not gonna harass the rhymes because yeah all right he's pretty good rhyming meter though is a little bit even safer than that his meter is very much you know he he he's kind of within a, a, a confine here and each and every time he repeats a verse it will be with almost the exact same meter. Not that you expect it to really vary that much. Meters should be fairly consistent. But you're looking for some variation as you go from verse to verse to verse to verse. And these verses are just very much, you know, here's the next phase. And here's the next phase. So you're looking for something. Whether it's the next phase of a story or a new instrument or something else. And each time, I just don't see it. I'm waiting for something else. And it just never happens. So, I mean... Maybe it's a minor point, but who knows? This could end up being a major point as we look at these tracks. Actually, I will. I will be going back to that at a later point. Okay. That is something that does come up again. All right then. Uh, let's talk about today. So today for me is one of those songs that I will agree is very repetitive, <clears throat> too long for 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 just a stripped down acoustic. I didn't get a chance to listen to the non-acoustic version today, so I don't really remember it today <laughs> very well but this track is kind of forgettable especially the lyrics they weren't bad or good per se they just were not they were kind of just there they weren't they weren't anything awful we've heard worse but i just it was a very kind of forgettable they were track. non-impactual yeah non-impactual. There was non-impactual. the attitudes i mean we've talked about it last week you don't have to even make sense in order to impact a person well right. yeah they made sense but sort of almost laundry list style to a point Laundry list, yeah, that, you know this. I mean, these are har- <coughs> these are harsh ways to describe this, but you know, occasionally it can. You're looking for something to latch onto throughout these tracks, and in this case, I wasn't even really. Whereas in Black Jesus, I was at least drawn in by some of the wordsmithing. Here, I was even less enthused with that. So I feel like it was another you know stripped down element. For instance, the chorus to me was very very weak. Um, 
Come on and watch me shine like the world is mine today. Come on and watch me shine like the world is mine today. Watch me shine. It's a little... Which... Eh. A line like that works in it might R&B work. hip-hop. You yeah. could almost... Well, I'm not even sure. I'm, no, I'm, making, I'm, a, I'm not even sure I'm making a differentiation between like whether it was acoustic or whether... <clears throat> I'm really just kind of looking at the words. It's, a, it's very, you know... I'm trying. Look... I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. Exactly. That's that's kind of the theme at play here. I mean, there's some there's some cliché themes here. Oh yeah. I mean, but then again, I mean, you can find that within a lot of artists that we reviewed, there are cliché themes that do come up time and time again. Oh yeah, but you know the thing is, usually, and again, we're up to our 65th album here, uh, or close to. It's normally we're able to find some kind of uh, some fresh aspect. So bringing something fresh to the theme. Yes, of course, people are never, and I can almost confidently say, never going to stop writing love songs yeah. or writing I'm lonely songs, In these fact, kinds I, of things. I remember a love song that people wrote about why there's so many love songs. I remember, I remember that one. Kermit, <laughs> Kermit did that one. That's right. <laughs> See, that's fresh in a way. That's pretty, yes. pretty meta. Pretty meta for you know, a Muppet. Go Kermit. But, um, uh, a, 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 meta, a meta Muppet. <laughs> but yeah... Again, I think this, for me, is one of the weaker songs on the album. I found other stuff in the other tracks I like, whereas this one, I don't hate the track. It's kind of just meh. Like, I'm kind of indifferent about it. I don't really have a connection emotionally I, I either. I kind of agree. I mean, we also, get... the keyboard here, you know, they brought back the keyboard for this track. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it was in Black Jesus or not. No. Maybe, maybe I was more focused on the lyrics in Black Jesus. But in this case, they brought it back, and I thought it was very underused, especially when compared against Sad Girl, where it was a prominent feature. Like, I, I enjoyed it so much there. I was actually kind of drawn into it, um, which made me rethink Sad Girl in, in uh, successive listens. But here, it was really just used to accent the chords. Like, you know, on the beat, and again on the beat. Just to, almost uh, copying the same exact chords on the guitar. So it didn't really seem to provide very much to me. I guess also it was a little bit out of place in the chorus, I'm not sure. I just don't. I don't think it could have. I don't think its place here had any bearing on the track, and I don't think it really could have saved it for me. I think that this track might have just been just the same, right. it, just the same, without the piano. Like if it was just the straight guitar, it wouldn't have been any better or worse for it. I think. All right. I will say maybe the second verse was a little interest, more interesting than the first. Yeah. And there was a second guitar that he overlays, which just says that he's not past. Um, you know, adding more instruments uh, right. in 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 post production, which uh, takes a little bit away from the acoustic, but maybe positively in this particular case. When he does use uh, two gar- guitars against himself, it does kind of fill it out so that we don't just have the riff. Right. So that was a positive. Say that. Uh, moving on to track four, "Broken." So this is a song where you still you start to get a sense of emotionally where this album is trying to come from. This is the first significant jump into the emotion pool, in my opinion. I would argue that that sad girl had some emotion, but definitely not as potent as "Broken." I would say that sad girl. Yes, but I was not yet really being entertained by this emotion. "Broken" had that sweet, sweet sadness. Broken uh, element. It had that element. It's a beautiful of that ballad. Uh, I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. I think we all know why that is. The piano. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's a new element. All right. Yeah. Maybe we are so shallow as to say, "Hey, something new." I'm drawn in. Piano has that depth to it. Yeah, but and I... also, the composition of it was kind of sweet. At least, especially the intro. Yeah. You know, I like it. You know, it's gonna grab you. You just know the second you hear it. It's like, ooh. 
you're brought into their world, sort of. Um, I'm still not 100% down with this track, just because even when brought in, and after I'm familiar with it for others, it's they didn't expand it. See, I there's just, a little. There was something. Bit of a shame. There was something that they did very well. That was done very well here, and I think that was the beginning of the chorus. Now the problem is that chorus actually really takes a a turn halfway through. It's kind of weird. It starts with. I just I just really enjoy these lines. I'm broken like a promise. I'm shattered like a dream. And it goes into this nice little sweet chorus. And then it gets thrown with, I'm broken like a record. And, it, and then it just takes a turn on me. And it's weird. I forget whether that was before or after the first one. So whether it turned for the good or turned for the worse, who knows. But I don't know. There's just something... See, <laughs> I talk like about really being it... nitpicky with lines I here. Think... I agree. The line that John just read is pretty interesting. The first one. But then, yeah. I'm broken See, like a record singing the same old song. I'm broken like the heart of a man that's run away from love too long. This is just really reeking of cliche. I want to like this track. I really, really do. See, but I don't I don't care so much that it's cliche because I like the course in its whole. Yes, the second half of the course is a little weaker, but as a whole, I like the course. The imagery is very strong and I the do. emotion conveyed clearly. I, uh, no, cliche I or agree. not. I, I really do enjoy it as well. But, speaking to what Steve said, at this point, lyrics I gotta be nitpicky on because there's, there's just... There's not, problems. Not enough otherwise. Here's the thing. It's sweet. It really is sweet. And I... But I've heard it. I want to like it. I actually even might think it's relatable. But... Here's the thing. I, I just... I need more than a three-chord progression to, I guess, put life in perspective. Which I can only assume that that's what this track is trying to do. Is put life into perspective for you. I mean, acoustic tracks, low-key acoustic tracks, should probably make you think. And I do admire its tenacity, but I'm just, I'm just not moved by this. It it has to do with the looping. It almost is like a looping, acoustic looping. You know, it's just it keeps one after the other, one after the other. Maybe, maybe I'm just too easily bored, and maybe I do need something like I'm, waving well, and flashing in front of my eyes. I mean, eyes, it could be that. I mean, it's not it, not to put too much of a focus on personal taste, although it can be an aspect of it. For me, I did get that emotional connection. I felt it. Listening to the song, especially feeling the way he's describing and being there, I don't know. I identified it on another level. But it could just be, again, to the other end, maybe I'm very easily engaged. Maybe once an emotional hook gets in me, it doesn't take much for me to go along for the ride. The thing is, it, it almost happened really quickly with me. It was almost like, I, I, it, didn't, it happened earlier than the first verse. It's like the intro was intriguing. It really was. But then, it's like the second he starts singing... It's like there's some kind of written code that says, well, this music has to be kind of kind of repetitive. It needs to it needs to fit a niche so his voice can be brought above it. But then that means that the the lyrics have to stand out likewise. I just feel like neither was done. You know, it's I don't know. It just it feels like the riff was just as dull. Even as beautiful as it sounded with the added piano, it feels like it was just as dull as some of the previous tracks. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say you're being nitpicky. I mean, moments of it sound nitpicky. But also, I mean, there are valid complaints within the repetitiveness, too. So I can't really argue that. It's a very consistent feature in this album. It is. It. it is. But it's hard to ignore after at times. Yeah, but I I don't know. I didn't have that difficult, that much difficulty embracing it. Anyway, why don't we move on to the next song? Because I think there's not much more to say about Broken. We've been pretty concise with it. Stone in My Hand is another song that's a bit different from the rest. This starts out with a nice little kind of slow plucky intro that goes right into a western almost western style uh 
guitar play. And this is the first time we really see a sense of somewhat of attitude in the album. It's a little comedic in that regard. I mean, the intro is like borderline Renaissance era guitar. Yeah, you know, it was actually kind of cool. Yeah, it was. It was I actually cool. probably almost would have preferred a whole song out of that. But it doesn't mean I necessarily dislike what it went into. I actually thought this was the most creative riff thus far, so far. It still is, was repetitive, but it was it was something different. This was also probably, we're going to take Smoky Froggy and make it smoggy. It was his best <laughs> smoggy voice. Yeah, he did really bring Lyrically, it out in this one. It really was. It, this is when I, this it, is when I, this is when I cemented that idea that he was working with. It, also, it worked for what he went into, which was kind of like a Western theme. Sort and of the thing. story actually grew in depth here. Uh, the whole idea of defiance in the face of oppression, that's what it really boils down to for this song. Uh, you can kill our mothers, you can kill our fathers, you can kill our brothers and sisters, but I'll fight on with a stone in my hand. That, you know, that, that anthem... It's, it's a just powerful a, lyric. It's a great, great idea. Keeping with the Western vibe, I mean, it's almost like that taking the law into your own hands out of necessity and strife. You build and your strife. tanks, you bomb our cities. I will fight even if all I have is a stone. It's yeah. a very powerful idea. It's a very inspiring idea. Now, here's I, and, thing. Thinking... And, and considering the riff, I welcomed the spice of this track. It had, it had, it had definite spunk to it. Um, which kind of made me forget a little bit that it was repetitive. So it's not, it's not, I'm not totally well, banking anthem. on that. Anthem. Yeah, anthems, anthems are allowed. And and, yeah. this, and that's what this was. It was an anthem to not give up, to keep moving, to press on no matter what you've got. But even then, it's just so straightforward. Well, why does straightforward it, have to be bad? No, it's... Sincerely, I'm just... Sincerely, it's very on the nose. It Should is, that, no, that's true. It's not offering me any imagery that I want, that I'm enjoying. Here's the thing. Good message, and a little bit quirky. I think it's a great message and quirky. I'll I'll put it as a great great. message and quirky. Peel those two layers back, you're left with a very similar format. Correct, but you're not peeling those layers back. They're there. I am. (laughs) But but my point is, is that... You're taking the things out it's, and saying, let's okay. ignore the stuff that made it good, it and then it's still the same. No, but it doesn't, right. no, no, it doesn't have there, the but... dynamics to be a great song, in my opinion. That's the whole thing. It's a good song. Like, the piano packs a punch, but at the same time, it's just there. Yeah. Like. It's a saloony style piano chord. Yeah, I get that. The kind of. All right, but consider, you know, other other bands out there that have taken, that have decided to use that, that aesthetic. Uh to perhaps more creative ends, such as Steam Powered Giraffe in the Two Cent Show. Yes. You know, they master that style. This just kind of broaches it. as It's almost like looking at an aesthetic through a very, very narrow window. Or, or, or instead, taking something that you have and working to get the best you can with what you've got. I mean, that's a very... It's a very polite way of putting it, but again, this is this is a critique here. I can't I be so I can't be so. Uh, ah, he gave it his best. No, go. but that, but that's He's been not around a long time. No, I understand that, but we talk to potential and talk to all the time talking about we expected better of blah blah blah. We we get into that a lot of how we, a window to talent we expect more and we rate more harshly sometimes when we when we someone who we expect to achieve better doesn't. With this song, he's doing more than he's done so far, as far as, you know, and it made it quirkier. 
But I think it's as far as message goes and as far as emotion goes, this song is very strong. Right, but Great, no, but good at least. Oh yeah, that's that's what I will agree. Yeah, I'm saying no. it's it's Compared the lack. Yeah, yes, but because of the lack of dynamics, I can't ever put something like this above good. Ideas are one thing, but there's there's just some ways it just can't get an idea across well enough. I mean, this does. From from a, a sociological point of view, great idea. I love it. It's beautiful. It works great in an anthem idea. I just didn't maybe, feel like maybe it goes up back and saluting. You know, that's probably it. it. It goes back to what I said before. You you have to take these things with a grain of salt. Like I want to like it, but there needs to be some other layer. It comes back to the same thing after a while. It comes back to heard it before, it, heard it before. No, so see, many other bands who've done but, it. No, okay, so many bands who've okay. done it better. I feel like you're you're downplaying the comparing aspect. At some point. Every critic has to compare. Well, of course you have to compare, but also you have to look at it as it is on its own as well. Okay, I am. Wait, 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 I've compare. addressed those, I wanna, those things, those positives. Here, here's a song that actually does it. Weakness. Yeah. All right. Okay. Weakness has a great story element and a great theme element in it. It is the <laughs> the destruction of a human being at its core. I put. This it. is about a woman who has lived the terrible life. It's rife with despair. It's about drugs taking over your life, more or less. Weakness is a great name for this track. And it really, it, that's it's, what it's about. It conveys this gorgeous hopelessness, almost. Yeah. You know, this... this. We're working with the piano again. It's doing a great job of accenting the emotional score in this Compositionally, this song. the intro of this track offered the most depth on the album, I think. And I'd agree it, with that. In this case, we're actually getting a good build in the outro. Yeah. In... in, in as the verses go along, we're getting a really solid build. That is not to say it was perfect. There was an incomplete nature, and I figured out what it was. The story itself has no resolution. Yeah, but well, I... no, the resolution is that there is no resolution. Yeah, it's the fact that she will There's go no out and do it. it all again. She's but that's, been, it's that she's t- been down and out. She's been a drug addict. She's been a petty thief, former prostitute. And if she got to do it again, she would have to do it again. But it, is, it is it is a bit of a letdown. You but want I disagree. Saved. No, no, no. That that incompleteness, no, yeah. while I felt it the first time, reflecting on it, it actually fits the song, and I, I appreciate it for it. That's what I was going to say. Okay. That, that incompleteness yeah. is part of it. It's You're supposed to walk away going, what? Wait, where? What? That That's uh, intended. I, no. Sometimes uh, life sucks. Yeah, that's At the it. end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. And I think that's a layer of complexity that maybe really does separate this track from the previous... It it does. That's it, that's what we mean. That's what John meant by by on that, the nose. Whereas this is not necessarily on the nose. It, it takes a little I bit know. of a turn. I, I wasn't I wasn't discounting the on the nose. I was asking what's wrong with it being on the nose. I like to think sometimes. Okay. Well, I that think that's but, what weakness does. It makes me think about it. But a that's little what bit I more. wanted. Yeah. Because just stating that's that exactly some, it. Just stating that something's on the nose isn't an explanation. It's a statement. I, why is that bad? If you're gonna say that something's on the nose, I want to know because I don't understand it because I like it for what it is. Well, I thought that's, I thought that spoke for itself. But yes, it comes. Not it always. comes with a complexity of thought. Okay. okay. You know. Okay. I think I got something. It's like there's a reason why war I'm movies gonna... are not so straightforward these days. They tend right. to have lots of layers. But, but things that are on the nose can be good too. Is all I'm saying. It's not, it doesn't make it yeah. bad. I don't. On the nose doesn't mean bad. What, what, okay, I'm gonna go with one of my weird metaphors. Uh... Black Jesus is tomatoes, lettuce, almonds, chicken. 
can't wait to see where this is going. Weakness is a really cool, really delicious chef salad. All right. All right. I mean, well... Pfft. It's got all the same elements, when you but compare... it comes together so much better, and it has layers in its flavoring. I don't think it's quite to the level of, of some other things out there, but yes. Well, it's still yes, a salad. Comparatively against, them, against those two tracks, yes. Yeah, I probably... can see where that's, you're that's going That's where I'm that. going. That's why I don't like that that on-the-nose kind of flavor. It feels more like reading a list as opposed to enjoying so that, that meal. So it sounds like that comes down to mostly taste at the core of it. Uh, all right, well, look, uh, you know, you could you could bring this to a deeper metaphor anyway. Like, when you're talking about... Uh, I just mentioned, you know, bad and good, black and white. When you, I think for many, many years, black and white stories tended to be the most accessible and the most the most written because, after all... They are feel-good tracks. I mean, it's a feel-good tracks, feel-good stories. They're the kind of thing that are supposed to... They're supposed to move you toward a positive end, perhaps. There's a reason we had so many Nazi movies. The epic. Because Nazis are bad guys. They're the universal bad guys. You don't feel bad killing Nazis. Yeah. Now, we don't have those as our war movies no, anymore. We have... Or, or look at... Because there's no... I mean, it's hard to find a figure so... I mean, you have the Vietnam, you have the Full Metal Jacket kind of war movie. That's that's very muddy. There tends to be a lot of muddiness in the way we look at. It. I think any any enlightened generation should see that. It was part of what the Enlightenment was all yes. about. Is sort of taking these things and and I, or look. Maybe we're going a little far for this, just for these two tracks here. Yes. But you asked, and we're answering. No, no, and that's fine. When we say on the nose, that's basically. I understand. What we mean. Again, I'm not only looking for definition. I'm just. It's more. Not why is it on the nose, but why is that bad? It's not, again, it... It's not necessarily. Okay, so it's not that it's bad. It's not it's that it's that... bad, but it's that you, perhaps, it is not five-star level for me. I think that's really what it comes down okay. to. Is I, It's hard for me to accept that as the, as the best piece of art. And when the, people... And, and that's what I... He's not trying to be. Right, exactly. But after all, we're giving a rating based yes, on what yes, we yes. think. Yes, yes, yes. I was just trying to understand. Because you guys use on the nose a lot, and I was just trying to find out if you're saying that's necessarily bad. Now that I know you're not necessarily saying it's bad, you're just saying that that won't be five-star well, no. work either. There's a I lot of it. ways you can use it. The, the whole idea of being so straightforward uh, can just, be great for, like, say... I was just going to bring up the play devil's advocate to that. There's yeah. coincidental and ironic work that really you have to be on the nose because that's how it works. Exactly, and there's there's pieces like that. Uh, you go a comedy aspect; it's a great way to get the point across. But for serious aspects, it be it, it kind of devalues that humanizing effect for me. Okay, so there I you think go. that might be another way. That, that, that's that, that, that's a specific go. explanation and to you, and that I understand. There can also be ways of phrasing things, really, really pointed ways of phrasing something so simplistic that it does reach everyone. That could be on the nose in a very positive sense, theoretically. I mean, look, these are just. You gotta look at things on multiple levels here, and I'm I'm just saying that at the end of the day, one track worked, one track didn't. When you take all these things into account, talking about a track that doesn't work, oh, children's story, track seven. Well, this, look, you could go either way with this. Based, I mean, yeah. as an audience, because I understand that. Look, the, this is, the this description is one... here mm-hmm. is basically about the child who has gone astray and the end of the day ends up shot i mean this is a real this is a very detailed account it's and not a, it's dark, not just a it's not in a story it's an account and it's just, a, a very dark track too yeah. very dark this thing almost 
wouldn't I I would barely see this written in this story rather than maybe in a police report. That's how detailed this thing actually is. Right. It's like this is what happened point by point. We're going to describe it to you, and he really doesn't skip a breath as he tells this. The thing is, he describes it in the meter of a Dr. Seuss tale, as John <laughs> covered, and it's um. But the, the whole thing is, it's results. it's it's a little bit too fast for that sort of meteor, in my opinion. It's strange, but also it starts as as if from fictional kids asking Uncle Whitey to tell them a story, and he's telling them a kid, uh, telling the kids a story, a kid's story. But it story. doesn't have the pacing of a story. It has the pacing has of a, an account. This goes back to what I said as early as... Which is, as, I think, reading a police report it, Report is a great way. And I think this goes back to as early as what I said back in uh, The Sad Girl and Black Jesus, that this this listing thing, this 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 happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Like, where's the, where's the phrasing, you know? It's a little much to really grapple with. This is a song you cannot, you cannot possibly pick up the story on a, on a first listen. You really need to kind of follow along with lyrics and... I picked it, it up on the first listen because it's a straightforward story. Well, there's enough tag and, words that I was able to pick it up with. Yeah, not and you're much. focusing on right, the lyrics but at that, in this. But at that, at that point, you have to you have to write off certain details as fluff. And there's another big aspect I have that's wrong with this song. This it was very very jarring the way the music kept restarting. It they would be playing chords, playing a melody, playing a melody two or three beat pause restart the whole thing and it really wore on me very quickly and see the it was it was really jarring and I, I it was I could not enjoy that see I could almost accept that in terms of maybe moving the story along and, and see that's it why it didn't jar me that much but, uh, because I was focused more on the lyrics I didn't notice how but much again, it restarted but to play devil's advocate there's a bit of an art to storytelling I mean obviously everything and we talked about this back in like episode 50, the 50th episode special, when we're comparing different art forms, and we talk a little bit about storytelling as an art form, and we actually had a little bit of a debate on, you know, whether there really is only one way to write a story. I think we all unanimously came to the conclusion that there's not one way to write a story. Yes. So, but here's the thing. If you're going to do that, you need to phrase it in some manner that is approachable, and I'm just not on board with this manner of of telling the story. It's it's not very approachable to me. It's very much just a, here's a bunch of facts, here's a bunch of facts, here's a bunch of facts. I'm not, I'm not even sure I can really identify a moral of any kind, necessarily. It's, so that stop-start nature that John's talking about really is kind of, it kind of hurts it. And I disagree, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because the, the same reason why you think that it hurts it, the stop-start nature, and makes it ambiguous... I think it's supposed to be ambiguous. There isn't a moral. Who was right? Who was wrong? I mean, clearly... All right, you know, that's not a bad point. Uh, the thief, Obviously, the thief stealing from old people, mothers, sisters, brothers, that's wrong. Sometimes but shit just happens. But the cop smacking the child? Also wrong. Oh, no. No, no, no. The song ends with the punctuating idea of... Of the cop the shooting the child. Shooting him after he dropped his gun. Obviously, a big moral issue and something like that. Yes. And in my opinion, had no impact emotionally. And I disagree. I felt nothing. And I disagree. I think the way the story moved along, I I felt that punctuation. 
The story was very focused. Yes, the music was kind of repetitive, and I noticed it more once you put it at, pointed it out. But the first couple times I've listened to this album, well, look. I was so on board with the story and the ambiguity ambiguity of it that it pulled me through it. And just I was to show like, you, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. Yes. Not just to show you, because I actually do feel this way. You did make a very valid point there. I do think ambiguity is kind of an important theme, and it is a layer that in itself kind of isn't on the nose. So yes, all right, maybe it's not going to you know grab me emotionally uh, the way other songs about similar topics have and make you feel for the character necessarily, the way he's singing doesn't make any pretense about that. It doesn't, it's not really designing itself to have you focus too much on that. It's really more about, yes, the, the ambiguity of, of life and how sometimes this stuff just happens. happens. People can be jerks. People can be prone to bad luck and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think what, what, pulls John out of it what, versus pulling me into it, a lot of it stems yeah. from taste. No. No? no. I'm, st- I'm still saying. No, you well, know I love political stuff. No, I'm and saying... And this is actually a political song. Well, the I'm, I'm still concluding that, that, that. that the then overall... I have no idea why you don't like it. <laughs> because there, you're going to be ambiguous about cops shooting a kid. No, he's ambiguous about the entire story, not just that. Look, look, look. That is no, the no, exact no. Ap- opposite of uh, idea. Uh, John, John, I'm going to side with Matt just on this one, because after all, at the beginning of the story, the, the kid did start out as a thug. So there are definitely area moments in the beginning of the story. a pregnant woman. You he, know, like... He's no, not a protagonist. No, that's the whole thing. The story is not just he's a bad person. No, of course not. Because he puts down the gun. Because he realizes what he did when he threatened that pregnant woman. In this story, he actually feels morose. But, but he that's He feels after, remorse. But that's after, and everything like that. And after. a life he did not choose for himself. A life he was just led into. It's all about oh, how... No, the whole story on, is about how we have a problem with, with uh, people of less much. means and everything. No, that's what the story should have been about. But it's no, 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 okay, no, now no, I'm no, really no, no, disagreeing no, no. with you. You can't say what it's you should have been about. You cannot, you are not, mm-hmm. you're that's not here to talk, say what, what it should talk. have been about. No, no, that's, that's what the story is about. It's clearly it's a, not. No, it's about kids without means being drawn into a life of crime. This is a law and that order is, story, and I'm sorry, but law and orders tend to have very tragic endings, and it's not always by the fault of any one particular person, but a cacophony of events that occur simultaneously. Had he not done something in the beginning of the story, perhaps he would not have ended up in the position where he was. I'm not citing on anybody right here, but this really is kind of just a, a facts and facts and facts. This happens. And that's yes. why it happens every like, day. And that's why it but, reads like a police report. Because yes. it's supposed to be a list of facts. Why would I enjoy a police report? <laughs> that, that, there's absolutely no reason I... I it's an someone, existentialist tale. But at the same time, they're trying to talk about how this kid had no other means. How his friend was like, we're broke, we have no money, let's just go hold up an old person. And it snowballs from there. And Look, there is still know, twinges as he's, as he's going through the story where he knows he's doing wrong. But he still has to keep doing it because he has no other choice. And when he makes the choice to go away from the life of crime, he gets shot by cops. Look, then if you're not satisfied with the existential side of things, there could very much be a, you know, you, you reap what you sow in some cases in some cases repenting doesn't always doesn't always fix problems no that's great I love that idea the way it's presented I cannot stand but it, you can still present that theme in a police report manner yes but I look, think look, it was look look I want to I want to conclude with here that yes in terms of enjoyment this is not my kind of song this is not my kind of music this is it doesn't really entertain me in any way but I'm I'm being objective and saying that as a work of art 
this can stand. It's n it can't be everyone's thing, and the fact that we're even discussing it for this long means it is kind of a provocative work of art. And I'll say, I heard the original. That's the way I enjoyed it. it okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. In in this statement, I just don't like it. Okay. Here's the thing. I do like things that make me think, and there's enough. There's plenty of things on this album that really just does not make me think, but this. This kind of does. So, all right. <laughs> all right. We said what we were going to say. Okay. Moving on to Stay. This is the, um, th I mean, this one has cliche themes as far as songs like this go, but it's about a broken relationship. It's about um, expecting someone to stay or trying to stay yourself, being involved in something that's over, way past its time. We've all had some, to, to at least some semblance of experience with this in life. And it's a, it's a story that's been told before, but still, there's impact here. It's, it's uh, you know, I think it's a beautiful song. It may not be as impactful as, say, Weakness, but it's definitely something that's relatable, and, and the lyrics are very approachable as well. I mean, there are lines that stand out. I learned all I know from a fashion magazine. This is... I respect where he's coming from. It's true, though, that there's really no shortage of, of songs that have tackled the same thing, uh, not to say, of course, yet again, <laughs> that, you um, that you're, you're, once a song has been done once, then the theme is off limits, but, so yes, there are certain lines here that, that do make it original in its own way, but, it's as I said back in Broken, you know, guy loses sight of himself, loses sight of love, can't quite return to it. I said this back in Broken, that that is borderline, like, I, I could very much relate to these themes, you know, they're, there's probably a lot of people that have gone through this. You know, hell, I went through it. It, it. it happens. It does happen. And I want to be moved by it. I just know that I have personally heard tracks that offer a little more complexity. So again, we're going back to the complexity debate. A layer or something that puts a little more in perspective. This doesn't quite put it in perspective for me. This... It's kind of a bore. I it's like it's what I don't want to listen to, you know, if that's what's on my mind. I want to listen to something that will kind of you know, this... spin it differently. This See... was the this was the most maybe not the my overreaching statement I'm about to make. But it was the simplest piano punctuation and the simplest tempo guitar on the whole album. No, that's true. That's really true. I might agree Perhaps with that. Perhaps there is something about that, of course. I might agree that it was simpler than today, yet this was still way more engaging than today, I feel. Because I felt something from this. I still oh, well, didn't really feel anything from today. We're really I, speaking in abstract terms right now. I didn't really... And you're right, it did have a couple of, of, of lines I enjoyed. But the rest of it was... <laughs> Not even straightforward, it was just unimaginating. It comes back I'm to this. I'm unimaginative. It wasn't inspiring anything in me. It comes back to this. It's that coffee shop thing. It's like... Uh, uh, isn't it, I, here's another thing. <laughs> I think there definitely should have been a female reviewer today. I really do. Maybe that's... I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of a sexist observation, but I think I think that bit. would have helped. A little bit. I think that's a, a lot that's, of it. That's pretty. That's pretty. Why, unless you explain no, why. No, no. I'm going to explain why. Okay. The three of us are, as much as we try, I don't think are completely objective in this regard. I think there's a lot more sympathy that could be had for this guy, um, especially coming from a female perspective. 
for instance, it, it's kind of a reach-out kind of track. It almost seems like, you know, when you're singing about being lost from love for long periods of time, not quite being able to return to it, it almost is a cry for help in some cases. I don't think the answer is for a male to answer. Yeah, but then that gets into a very specific thing about female and sexuality, and I mean, and role, gender roles, and everything. No, which I, is I, very, I very, that, very but, steep slope. But this album has made no attempt to walk any kind of line. That's fair. That's fair. This is a very much a. This is very straightforward. Guy to girl oh, or yeah. guy to himself venting. You're right. It's journalistic. Okay, so from that perspective, I can see what you're saying. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's a possibility. So, in other words, my sympathy. It's more like, well, man up, bro. <laughs> like, it's, see, it's I, maybe not... It's not a, but see, I feel sympathetic to him, and I'm the no, counterpoint and I, of that. I want to feel sympathetic. But again, there's been ways... There's been other songs that have put it in perspective in a manner in which I could almost understand the... Understand the plight. This, this plight, it's just kind of like... I know people have been in this plight and who have gotten out of it via other ways than this. Now, again, this makes... This is not pretending to be anything particularly layered, so maybe it is for someone, but it's 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 a little dated for me, in and terms see, of, in terms think, of the the love lorn track. And I think you're just looking for more than is here, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm okay with what's here. I think this is enough for me. And I think that's where me and Steve is coming from. Uh, the basic level. you're looking we're, for more. No, no, not that we're looking for more. We're not okay with what's here. To, okay. be, to be honest, yeah. there's just we're not okay with how how stripped everything is. I'll just amend that slightly. I mean, silly thing is a bit of word choice here, but I am okay with what's here. It doesn't offend me at all. Yeah, fix. I'm not. Uns- I'm unsatisfied with what's there here. There you go. That's better. Okay. Yes. yes. Whereas I am satisfied, maybe not engulfed and in completely engaged, but definitely satisfied with what's here. Moving on to the next track, my medicine. Okay, character. There's there's definitely a higher level of character in this song, for it is a jaunty tune about drugs. Yes, jaunty drugs. It, it was interesting, and just for that aspect alone, it gave me a hook. You know, all right, so sometimes, sometimes all it takes is a small thing, so I fully respect that. Uh, it definitely, for, you know, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. It, it uses, Jack it uses the spoon on the candlestick. Yes, it uses <laughs> the fairy tale as a template for a type of drug kick. Which is a curious choice. Definitely curious. Um, I was kind of waiting for a climax that never happened here. The, the, the chorus itself, you know, I'm going to buy my medicine, buy my medicine. Yeah, it is jaunty. It's a little, it's a little unclimactic. I, I think that's... Yeah, but which I is mean, a more of a... More of a um, but I think... That's, that's almost a With a song called My Medicine about drug abuse, it, it's a face value track. It's not trying to be anything, but... Here's well, a song about drugs. It's I mean, pers- that's really... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will appreciate the fact. And I... You know what? It's... Here's where the... The, the, the quote-unquote on-the-nose lyrics is actually working in its favor to, to really take the there metaphor of a fairy tale and try to apply that happy-go-lucky feeling that you get in the, the, the Mother Goose fairy tales, uh, or at least as a, how it portrays to your childhood, and applying it to the, the vapid nature of drug abuse really does say something and it does a good job in saying that that right there conceptually great idea there's another curious idea 
a specific lyric that came at some point toward the end. You can't... You can trust word... You can trust every word I'm going to tell you is a lie. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I want to know what that means. Uh, I I think it's... If if we think we know what it means, then then that's really weird and deep. No, I like that lyric. I think that's a lyric that makes you think, because it's kind of like, oh, wait, huh? What? It works on on (laughs) the... Today's podcast is operating on a very superficial level. Does it make you think, or does it not make you think? No, no, no. It does actually work on multiple levels. A fairy tale in and of itself is a truth told through lies. Drugs themselves, I mean, obviously, if you've ever seen anything about drugs, are lies. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh... So it's very apropos for the lyric and for the song. Yeah. No, and I really like it for that. And I I went a different direction with the whole fairy tale thing. I I just found it kind of ironic on the face of it, but maybe that was a shallow listen, so, you know. I was like, irony, <laughs> but oh well. Well, no, it is ironic. That's the whole thing, but it's, there a, there's a depth to that irony there. Yeah, it's right. not it's not irony on a hipster level. It's irony on an actual artistic, Ironic level. No, yeah. an artistic choice level. Yeah. And I do gotcha. enjoy the idea of, of, of bringing that. The happy-go-lucky plus fairy tale plus drug abuse gets across, a, gets across the message of the vapid nature in this song. Right. The vapid the vapid choices that happen along. And I do like that. I really do. And, you know, since we have not discussed it and we normally start discussing it by this time, I'm going to pose album arc kind of our unfortunate choices and unfortunate occurrences. Yeah, I think that's A lot of it is very much unfortunate. I don't think you can really choose any other word. It's not positive, negative. And this is where the blues element comes in. A lot of Everlast songs are maybe not bluesy necessarily in sound but in tone it's a lot of tragic tales he always writes a lot of songs that are i mean think about what it's the song what it's like one of his biggest singles is just talking about life and being down and out and what it's like yeah and that's why i will you know his first album is called whitey ford sings the blues like i think he's more bluesy not in in st- sound like as in, in performance. sound and style but uh, performance he's definitely r&b which will have but definitely in the fact that the overreaching arc of most of his records are steeped in tragedy. And that's where a lot of blues comes from, too. Yes, I follow that. Well, the Theme-wise, the, theme I think really what it comes down to is my, my issues are going to be more along the lines of does the music make me feel it? And that occurs a little sparsely in this record, which is really Let's more move on to our next track, Lonely Road. Um, so this one was also a little cliche. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it, but it's the, your, your standard... Missing someone, moving forward, carrying the weight kind of a song, you know? That sums up pretty much the whole a song. A lot yeah. of these tra- uh, tracks, though, also, is the way it kind of sums up. It's very... like I almost feel like we got this song already. That's what's a little we weird. We did. We got it in And this, t- this time I we don't just mean riff-wise, because if, if it had been riff-wise, I would have mentioned that every track. Um, yes, except for the focus of POV. This song is all on him. It's talking about him carrying okay. on and moving all forward. Right. Whereas Stay, he's singing to someone else who's gone. Which Actually, is a nice... no. Stay is told from him walking away. Oh, well, him walking so away. So he's leaving as well. I mean, it's... But it's the same idea. Yeah, but he's putting... In Lonely the Road, he's putting all of it on himself. He's not... In this... Stay, he put it all on himself. He's talking about how he couldn't do it. I learned everything right, about love this, from a fashion okay. magazine. It's talking about how he. But in up this, the is talking about how he's actually moving forward as opposed to not able to move forward. Right. Yes, it's but a minor difference, but it's a difference. We all, you know what? Last week we harped on, 
why am I spacing? Gold frap. Gold frap for the similarities between tracks one, two, and three. I'm going to harp on it here. Okay. The theme work is just, there's there's really nothing new. It's not an unreasonable comparison. I know Steve is still burning over that comparison. Oh, I'm not burning over that comparison. I think it's very, I mean, I, I do take issue, uh, I believe that the variances last week were there. I believe they were a little more subtle, though. The variances between tracks, it's its subtle things, which which grab me. They grab me 100%. In I this case, they don't subtleties. grab me at all. And no, see, no, I, I was talking see... about Goldfrap. In Goldfrap, there were right. subtleties. Yeah, no, right. Here, no. very little. I, yeah. I mean, maybe less, but I still see minor differences, but I understand where of you're coming from. Of course, there are minor differences. We've already noted the, the, the most standoutest tracks on yeah. this album. I'm sorry, but Lonely Road, especially as kind of a theme wrap-up, isn't really one of them, because tracks 11 and 12 are... Well, one is a, the first is a cover, and the second is a self-cover. Well, they're all self-covers. Yeah, well, they're all self Yeah, but it goes back to the house. Yes. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Lonely Road seems like it would be the conclusion. It seems like it would almost, the yes, the, the logical conclusion. Okay. Tra- uh, tra- grandmother's Hand. It's Grandma's Hand. And uh, grandma's Hand. This is a, uh, a, Bill, a Bill Withers cover. So the, the thing about Grandma's Hand, and I know that, because we got into this a bit off air, but how you guys feel that the other version, the original version, is better. My biggest defense of this song, and I'll start with it, is when I hear Everlasting this song, I feel like he's singing about his grandma, his grandmother, not a grandmother. It does have a personal I've, touch. It feels in the lyric very work. personal. But that that it's a misnomer for me, not... no more or less yeah. than than Bill Weathers. It's like. A, the lyrics will speak for themselves. His vocals, his vocals work with this sort of idea, which is why he covered it. This is definitely something his vocals can do. I think any whether vocals. or not he feels personally con- connected to it, he's gonna feel personally connected to it. Right. I, I think any vocals would work with this thing, though. I and mean, that's because it's because of the gospel nature here. Now the it there's 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 a very anthemy. I want to point out field. one big thing. There's some speeding up at the end of the verses that keep it from being a true gospel, but otherwise the pacing of the singing is just, it, it has that... Clapping in church on Sunday morning. That that praising Jesus kind of, 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 of uh, emotion to it. Just praising of any kind. Plus, it has that kind of praise. Plus there's some theme work of the church in here. Plus I'm pretty sure it actually is talking about... I think it's talking about his dad's funeral. It's a little opaque. Well, it's talking about well, also definitely religious metaphors. There's religious yeah. metaphors, and it's there's a lot of defense. Grandma defending him against his parents, and you know well, the things grandmas do sometimes. Well, you know, yeah, that's it's the thing. A relatable if you take, message. If you pull back the metaphor, there's a very simple thing here, and that's just it's an ode to his grandmother for both the coddling and the scolding. Yeah, I mean that's, exactly. Grandma's hand can do kind and hurt. Yes, that is and that's it's very sweet. And I like and it. And it's bluesy gospel. I understand where you're coming from thinking that the original did more, and that's fair, and I understand it, but I like this version. But I'm, I'm going to be selfish. I mean, Bill Woods is better because, just because there's more soul in it. I like this, the bass. I like the warmer guitar comping. And I like the ninth on the very last refrain. There, I said it. <laughs> I'm sorry, this, but this track... Wow. This track was pretty. It was pretty. It's a very superficial track. When it, when it burns it down, I, it yeah, but it pretty... shouldn't be a very superficial yeah. track for uh, first I mean, of all gospel. Okay, yeah, the it's not a deep that... theme; it's an ode. But well, to be an I mean. ode, I mean, I mean, a, a superficial in the sense that it's a very maybe than face value is of a better word than superficial. But it's Look, it's 
even it's not in, trying to be anything else. Well, even in Everlast's version, it it was still gospel-y. Yeah. Right? So he did keep that element alive. But that's the thing. When you bring in the gospel element, you almost want to go full force. It's what we say a lot, or I say it a lot, go go all or none at all. Yeah, but you know, if he had like, gone all... Or, you know, remake it in your own way. But if he had gone all out on this track, it wouldn't have fit on the record, no? I'm not saying get all then the gospel. Then why choose it? I'm not saying get Because he wanted to do a version of it. No, no, no. I'm not, nice saying, thought, I'm not saying actually but... get an actual <laughs> choir to back you up on it. But a single person can do gospel music by themselves, and his voice can do gospel music. Oh, well, what I was going to say is either do, or do your own version of it. So or, either... or go blues on it, because there was blues elements That's right. And he could have gone full bluesy, and it would it could have been very good. I, when it comes down to it, it's like, there's a realm of choices out there. An infinite way. My dad used to say you're pulling from the realm of ideas, you know. I understand nice what you're saying. You're this saying was... that there's nothing this to this there's nothing that makes this version unique. It's just another version. It's safe. It's, it's safe. safe it's version. Very safe. Yeah. It's safe. It could have been rushed. Maybe it was just like, eh, all right, I'll, I got the chords down. That's all you need. <laughs> I don't be. know. It's hard to know. say. But you know, when you're braiding covers, you tend to you do tend to nitpick. You have to nitpick. Well that's what covers are about. Yeah. Okay. Either that, or you're just glad, like, yeah, Bill Weathers! I mean, which I'm more prone to saying, because I do love Bill Weathers. So, who knows? Moving on to the final track of the record, Jump Around, question mark. This is a, uh, a version of Jump Around by House of Pain that uh, Everlast decided to take and turn on its head. He, since he started perform- performing acoustically, I've heard him say in interviews that he always gets asked to play Jump Around. And so one day he's like, well, I wonder what it would sound like. Acoustic. Let's give it a shot. And so he did this. And I already know what John's going to say, and it's a fair argument, but I like that, A, he named the jump around question mark. In the title of the track, before you even hear it, he's acknowledging that he's not sure if you'd be jumping around to this song. It doesn't have the same energy as the original. That's implied in the title itself. And then you listen to the song, and it's exactly what you think you'd get. It's a slower, acoustic, mellow version of jump around. The energy's not the same, and it's not supposed to be in this version. He did a flip on it, and I think, and I enjoyed it. Better or worse, I enjoyed it. I mean, all right, we'll get into that in a bit. But first of all, I'll say that it was it was a relief because his voice was changed for once. Now, we, I have, we haven't harped on this necessarily back uh, to Sad Girl or Brother Lack Jesus, but there's been that consistency. That consistency that we said at the very beginning of this review, where his voice is kind of really not waning too much uh, for range and meter, and it's got that accent to it, almost like Swedish chef You know, got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't worried. <laughs> that kind of thing. It, that's like there throughout the whole entire album. And here, at least he's spicing it up with a little bit of reggae. It's like, it's got a, a different tempo to it. Kind of appreciate that. Well, right. Well, because that's how the original version flowed. So he's homaging that as well, I imagine. Eh. I mean, of course. That's, that's, pleased, I'm pleased to hear it. I'm just, I'm using this as a, as a pivot to make a little critique about the rest of the album. Of course, it is the very last track, so it's clearly just an add-on. It might as well have been a bonus track. Um, it's, it's fan service at its best. You said yourself that this is. Oh, it's definitely fan service. But it's also it's also laughing in the face of the fans a little bit too. It's well, let's see how ridiculous this sounds, and he liked it enough to actually put it out. But I don't think he I don't think he feels it's ridiculous, and I don't either. 
but I, I definitely think he sees some irony in singing a song that's all about energy in a non-energetic way. And that is the only reason I can accept this as a song. Because honestly, <laughs> it's still a song. <laughs> no, no, I can accept it for work. I, I, I can, I can, I can accept it. Everything else about this song just drives me nuts. Because it's it's depressing, with some of the most up, uh, you know, most in, in energizing but lyrics it's not I've, I've depressing. heard. I'm the cream of the crop. I rise to the top. That's how he's singing. No, this is not. This is not what you do with jump around. Well, it is. His I know song. it's. I know it's an artistic song. I know it's his song. I know he can do whatever the heck he wants with it. I think for he ruined it. I disagree. I will put that right out there. Well, I think he took a a song that, to be honest, got me into hip hop. If I could point to any song that got me into this type of music, it is "Jump Around." I mean, here's the thing, I think and it's, it's, it is. But it, it doesn't ruin it because the other song still exists. The other song still saying, exists. If yeah. what Matt is saying is true, then it's clear that there was a reason and it was all for fan services. That peop- there are people. There was a fan a fan base that did want to hear I know this there acoustic is, version. And I know people like it. I but no, can't no, stand it. I, I'm going to agree with you that the fact of the matter is people are, people are dumb. <laughs> people can be really dumb. I mean, yeah, play that, but do this silly thing with it. I mean, if it really, if it was for fans, then I respect him respecting his fans. It's just, I, from a critical perspective, it, it is a little weird. It's just, it's just weird. I like weird. I, I like weird too, but I like. I like I like, I like weird. engaging okay. weird. I it's, like it's got no. I like, like shocking the, weird. Okay, forgetting the energy, it's Shock got it none of the complexity of the first song, which is what actually made it good. All the I various. I disagree that just the complexity made it good. I don't. I don't agree that it's bad without the complexity. I don't. You're you're allowed to feel All what right. it is, and that's fine. We are too, we are too closely comparing this against the original as a, as a, as as its own as its own track case, as its own track. This is as good or as bad as any other track on this album. It's not pulling away from those tracks. But it, if we're going to talk about, you know, it against the original, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, that's maybe at the base of what we want to do here, because we didn't do that with every other track either. We're trying to avoid it. As a song on its own, it works. If you're comparing it to the original and you like the high energy of the original one better, of course, then that's fine. And you're allowed to feel that way. But I don't think it Actually, ruins the original. No, I'm going to talk about something else. Because the first time I heard this song, I didn't even realize it was the original Jump Around until halfway through. I don't that's know how, how different that's it sounds. I disagree. No, the, the original I mean, the reggae, chord, the reggae is still... Actually, but, uh, I will say his original voice, trio... His voice dun, has changed a lot. Dun, dun, it doesn't, his vocals are, are so different. And he's not the only one singing on the but original. But it's the words it's he's vocals. saying. Immediately, but I catch it. But the tempo is 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 so divergent. Of I'm course. not getting that beat to it. Of and course. And until he actually starts going, uh, kick up your feet and jump around, I didn't even recognize the song. See, but I'm paying attention to the lyrics from the beginning. We are absolutely sure that he sang the no. song originally because yes. it's hard to believe. It's but, hard. Yes, but here's it's the thing. Him. Here's the thing. I was ignoring the song until I heard the words. Okay. Pick up your feet and jump around. If I'm ignoring a song for over 30 seconds of its introduction, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm at this point in the album where I'm ignoring music. Yeah, but that's my point, though, is that that was you. You were ignoring it. You were done with the album. But I wasn't. So, specifically with this song especially, I think it's coming down to how we personally feel about this song specifically and our tastes are influencing it heavily. 
No, I'm 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 gonna not rate on the fact that I think it's a travesty. I'm gonna rate on the fact that I ignored it for thirty seconds before I started listening to the song, and that's only when it 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 emblazoned me to the fact that it it took another song that I loved. And that's perfectly fair because I'm gonna rate it as I was laughing the moment I heard it because I couldn't believe it was an acoustic version of Jump Around within the first seconds. I. I can't get okay. involved in this particular yeah, discussion. Yeah, me and Matt are going to start fighting about this because we're, this was really polarizing for us. Um, so uh, I've, 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 I've talked enough. You can you can go on with this one as long as no, you want. No, 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 no. I really it's don't fine. want to. Because it's not. there's no conclusion. I like it, he doesn't. That's the base of it. That's it. Yeah. That's the end of it. And that's it. So why don't you take us into the wrap-up, Steve, for the, the album review? Wrap-up. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's helpful uh, well I always start off KG and then I find yeah, my way I know because you're he doesn't like to get pinned down no that's right uh, you say you, you didn't like my Swedish chef metaphor no uh, not at all no that was kind of reaching I really thought he sounded like that at some point so well nope no. oh, well. it wasn't a good or a bad it was an observation and I like the Swedish chef so anyway. I, I got it stop being KG <laughs> okay <laughs> let's see here I'm not against acoustic music. I want to make that absolutely clear that we are not rating based on, oh, it's stripped down. I like the original. I don't like this. There's not enough going on. You know, that's my that's my valley girl. It, It's it's thin for a reason. He made it that way. He wanted it that way for this album. Maybe he just liked to do it as an experiment because, after all, these these albums... They tend to reach out to certain audiences, especially there's an acoustic niche, people that just love thin down music and like that coffee shop atmosphere. It feels a lot more intimate than when you're, you know, packing it heavy with beats. So I'm like, I respect it for that. I've heard a couple of the originals just to compare and contrast. I have to say, when it really comes down to it, it's, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. A lot of this has to do with, um, it, it has to do with the product to play. This is the product. This is what I'm rating. I just tell it like it is here. I think the problem is that a lot of these lyrics just don't jive very much with the music. The music itself barely reaches out to me emotionally. There's only a couple of instances. Broken, tried at the beginning, but then it just became too repetitive that it, it, it feels like acoustic looping. It feels like the kind of thing that just... You know, when you repeat it over and over and over again, it loses... It, it feels like it's on a machine. Machines are not are not emotional, you know? Even great techno music, even though they're made from machines, they tend to be made up for by being diverse, by being... by, by offering more on a second-by-second on a second basis. That's composition. There's very little composition here. This is a cut-and-paste method, it seems to me, versus through which you cram your story. Like you're stuffing it into a box. It, it's just I unpack it and it's a mess. That's that's basically what I'm looking at here. Um, two. Okay. I haven't been this bored in a while. I'm in the same sort of boat as Steve. There's a couple of little things I liked on this album. Oh, Sad Girl was sweet, but shallow. Weakness was beautifully sad. It really was. Uh, but still felt 
Incomplete, and I explained how the Incomplete actually worked. Weakness, okay, Weakness may be the best song on the album. I really did enjoy it. It was, it, it, it progressed where n- none of the other songs did. The, none of the other songs really built. This one had an outro I can point at and say did well. This, it, it had a, a depth to it that very little on this album approaches. It was a great, great little acoustic song. It feels like that's the sort of song you do as to take it down a notch on a whole different album. Because the rest of it was just... He sounded good here, but that was all that was in the song. Broken had depth, but it really didn't bring everything together. And that's one of the other few songs that comes up to it. My Medicine, nice and jaunty, but to be honest, really repetitive. And... Okay, Jack Be Nimble, Jack Be Quick. I like that fairy tale. Borderline cliche, not not too much for me to really make it detract, but like you're just repeating the same sort of stuff over and over again. Yeah, great metaphor, but vary it up. That's the only stuff I can point to that 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 engaged me. Yeah, boring. I was forgetting songs as soon as I was listening to them. I won't say as low as Steve, but two and a quarter. It's music, but there's nothing besides weakness. There's nothing I'm ever going to want to hear again. Not because it's bad or it's terrible or if it's, it's filling me with anger and wrath and all that stuff, except for jump around and that's a personal preference, so I'm taking that out. But it's just there's nothing here that... that that I that I that I care to hear. Okay, I mean, this is a polarizing album, I guess, and I mean, who knew an acoustic album picked it random because I enjoyed it so much would do this, but I don't know. I just I guess I can understand Steve's frustration with with me last week a little bit with golf rap. I get it now, and it just perpetuates to my quote that I haven't said in a, in more episodes than I can count. It's not a matter of vindictiveness, though. You must. Understand. I understand that, but. My quote that you've said more than I have at this point because I stopped saying it after you started mocking on me for it. Let's all say it together. Everyone, Everyone listens to music differently. That's so sweet. And now you shouldn't feel bad because we all said it. Yeah. Well, yeah. this album really proves that because, again, and not to say this ha-ha like, uh, you guys are wrong. Re- realistically, I've introduced this record to a bunch of people that, that I thought might enjoy it. And they really did, as much as I did. So... It really is the fact that no matter... It, it kind of almost aggravates me how futile listening to music is sometimes. Because uh, you it's mean such trying a, to prove things to other people, sort of? Or? Well, and the fact that even because you didn't like it as much, and you only gave it a two, I'm rating it higher than that. And it's like, well, what's the point? You know, but it's it's that proof that the reason we have three people who listen to music very differently is to prove that... Even if we don't like it, you might. But this is our this is our rating based on the way our minds work. And for Everlast, I mean, I like Sad Girl. I think it's a great story. I think it really pulls me in. It's a sweet intro. It really gets the record going. Black Jesus, yes. Now the more that I listen to the lyrics, they are a little nonsensical. But I get into it because of the way he sings it. I feel passion in the way he sings the song. Not so much what he says, but how he says it. Today is the only song that's always been forgettable. I only know it well because I've listened to this album seven, eight, or nine times at this point. Because I 
been listening to it before I decided to choose it. With Broken, I think it's a beautiful ballad that drew me in. I found that emotional connection. I really felt it. Stone in My Hand might be one of my favorite tracks on the record because I just like the way it plays. I like the Western style, and I love the message. I just think it's a strong, solid message and one of my favorite tracks. Weakness is definitely the most beautiful track on the record, hands down, and probably the best made, regardless of being my favorite or not. Gorgeous Helplessness describes it perfectly. Children's Story, I still stand at the fact that it's trying to prove a point and convey a message, and artistically it does it well. It's not the best that's ever been done that way, but I think for what he intended to do with it, it hits the nail on the head. The original might have been a little better, I will agree with John on that. Stay. Again, I felt the emotional connection, not to the same extent as weakness, but there was something there that I saw that you guys clearly didn't. My medicine, we're all in agreement. Face value, it is what it is. It's jaunty, it's fun, it's good. Lonely Road, upon more multiple listens, it is a repeated theme. I agree. Grandma's Hand, fun. The original has more depth, still like it. Jump Around, like John said, difference of opinion. I think it's great, it made me giggle. It makes him giggle, he laughs at the beginning of the track. I like it for what it is. I'm giving it a 375. Not quite a 4, because again, it's not amazing, it's not completely original, but it's not average to me because I'm connecting it on a level that average music kind of washes over me. I mean, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see that. I, don't, I think that's um, the largest disparity we've ever had. Between uh, any between two of us. Yeah. Any two of us, yes. Um, I just, I like it. I think it's good. I think he could have done more. I think some of the, the original tracks were done better. But again, we're taking it for what it is, not comparing it to the originals. We should be looking at the album like the originals never existed. Because... And that's why John didn't discount it further for uh, the in, in the end, I was doing that. Right. I mean, I like acoustic. Some of my favorite music is older music, and acoustic is huge into southern rock. So I like acoustic. I'm not... But I found more character in, a, in like the opening chords of Lola by the Kinks than I found in most of this album. And I... And I just... It's just... It's just... And that's fine, and I understand where you're coming from, but for me, I connected emotionally with the way he sang enough that I was able to ignore the simplicity, to the point where, when you guys were saying it was repetitive today, I didn't even notice it when I was listening to it. You know, I don't know, maybe I'm just... It's a matter of being in tune with, you know, what else is out there. Maybe relevancy was my problem. Not to say that the themes are irrelevant, but... There, you know, again, when it comes to especially his manner of speaking, I'd be so much more inclined to, you know, listen to Jason Mraz's work, which is, which is straight up pop, straight and, up pop. And the funny and it's thing, so much more impressive to me. And see, the funny thing about me is I can't stand Jason Mraz. All of his music irritates me. I mean, he did reach a low point. I mean, at some point, his his career did kind I of spiral a little bit. But we're getting on but, track. No, at so, it, there was a point where his his wordsmithing was tip top, really. But here's the the overarc. Because we could probably talk this album to death and there's no need to do that. We've made our points and our bones about it. The overall rating is... This might not be worth checking out. As much as I want to no, say listen to... No, The overall rating is if you usually agree with Matt, check it out by him. <laughs> no, no, no it, it really is. No, no I'm going to just agree in general. It is worth checking out. Yeah. Just because acoustic, spe- acoustic music, for people that like acoustic... It's a primal level. It hit a lot of people. Maybe just the fact that it's acoustic will get you. I don't know. Okay, that's a fair. On the overall, it's still worth listening to. 
Whereas I would personally buy it, obviously they would ignore it. But we'll leave it right in the middle anyway. I will say this. I'm happy I heard it. Okay. I am. So then listen, then it's definitely a listen on the overarching scheme of things. I'm not going to go back to it, but I'm happy I heard it. Only because it, it was a, a little refreshing. Also, we go into all these different genres. Right. And also I think this will, this will be the period again, the sentence here. We're all in our elements yet again. I mean, musically speaking, again, that's where I was coming from. Musically, there's not a lot to grab hold on to. It's, you know, it, the repetition will always get to me. I, I, there is, you can phrase repetition in a way that is really anthem-like and powerful, but when the whole song and nearly every single song here follows one format and just persists and persists and persists, it's like it's not very self-aware in the regards. You're right, and John was very much right that some of the lyrics are, are good and they're good lines, but overall, the lyrics weren't anything super impressive. Whereas for me, there were songs that reached out emotionally that were easier for me to grab because I was focused on those bits and how he was singing. <laughs> so if you, ignore, if you ignore music and ignore lyrics, you may still find an emotional center here, in which case, yes, it is rated highly. There you are. There you are. Well, I want to talk a little bit about genres. Yes. The, yeah. So we keep going on. So to... to, to, to on since then Steve likes to point out whenever I push people and I promote and blah 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 steve's been harassing us for over a month maybe two now to put together a list of genres as we remember them our entire list of the catalog of oh. podcasts 64 episodes as it were before this goes up 64 episodes minus the ones where we did not have reviews that's still a lot of albums yeah and uh i just figured this was an appropriate time considering and, and we have this in all this enough. we've done a large only three episodes without reviews so 61 different albums there you are and I just thought I'd bring up something that's come up a little frequently. Occasionally, we'll come across uh, an album, and, you know, we might decide to categorize it, pigeonhole it into a certain genre. We'll do it without even thinking, just because that's what we've been trained to believe about certain genres. Or maybe we're just students of Wikipedia, and we just listen to whatever they tell us. Um, either way, there is definite... There are definite... Uh, meanings and, and implications that go along with each and every genre. Uh, if, if you ignore the, if you ignore these, then maybe this is a, a meaningless a meaningless thing to you and music is music. Of course it is. But some of us like a little bit of a guide through the vast expanse of music and genres do help us somewhat in that regard. And this isn't the first time we've talked about genres, obviously. We've had other at length conversations. And also, I mean really the real reality of it is as human beings, we want to quantify everything yes. everything and anything we that do is it true. with movies we do it with video games we do it with books we do it with, i mean with everything so why would music yes. be any everything different? must be categorized and put into a box so that it's it, easy to find for future it's, generations it's for understanding i mean that's the reality of it and i would like to talk about something else when we actually start talking about these genres, the order we're putting the words in is very important. They seem to be. And as, yeah. as silly as that sounds, but, you know, the less hyphens, word, slashes. The less, yeah, the less words that we, we say. If we say pop rock, it's a rock genre with influence of pop. If we say rock pop, it's a pop genre with influences of rock. Like everybody, Well, we're going to explain these as, yeah. as they come. The reason we're doing this, well, so we're just going to go through... A select thing, whatever intrigues us most, whatever we're most curious about, what the other plus we're gonna stated. we're gonna put. I mean, we know Steve remembers everything, but we're gonna put our memories to the test too. 
yes, this is putting your memories to the test, because of course we all had to revisit these albums. But the whole idea is that we will write down what we feel, and from our internal gut, from no source, what the genre of our particular band is. So if you want to play this little game, you can follow along. It does require a little bit of backlogging through our podcast archive. It's right there at the top of the page. Click on it, go to the episode, and use Spotify to just check out the album yourself and tell us what you think it is. Let's use this as an example because it's an obvious one that we'll all have the same for, or at least I think we will. So I'll start with it. God Sticks is obviously I Have Prague. No, I did did not stop there. See, I didn't want to get overly specific, so maybe it's not as obvious as It's Grunge Prague. See, and I didn't do that. I just did Prague. Because the grunge falls within it. I was a little more specific. Melodic Prague. Hmm. Okay. So then it wasn't as obvious as I thought. Well, Grunge grunge has melodic nature. That's well, true. You know, that's that's true. And the thing is, uh, it's not to say that Prague itself doesn't have a melodic a- nature, but but there seems to be other emphasis on Prague itself, and that yeah. is the overall form of the song. In other words, you can have a brief melody, and then it's almost like, okay, Rush Pepper, let, let's get to the next phase. See, that's funny. In this because... case, they, they're, they're very adherent to that melody. It, it's a binding theme throughout the track, despite how many things they go through. So it felt like an appropriate way to categorize them. And it's funny because I thought that, like, there was no way anyone was going to put anything but Prague because Steve at length mentioned this is a Prague band. We should listen to this okay. band. There you go. To, me, to here... me, the melody is exceedingly important, but you yeah. may there may be other people who could just listen to this band and be like, ah, it's got elements of Prague. But... <laughs> no, I, I... That's that's a big thing for me. I cannot just put one word to most of the music we've listened to. See, I did because never... I, I wanted to see if I could oversimplify Some of them I did. Some of them, Some I, of them I, I, did, I did find simplifications. Very you oh, I we, we, uh, we've talked we about this reviewed before. a lot of pop records well there's a, a lot, lot of records with elements of pop mm, and this. I'll just say right out there Matchbox 20's North kind of in one of her earlier stuff this is pop rock and I think this was almost straight up pop rock episode 11 uh, we should I say put, these episodes episode 50, pop rock 51 as well. yeah. just to follow along help you follow along episode 51 was God Sticks episode 11 Matchbox 20 punk pop punk? punk? little bit Little little elements in a very very post sense. That might of the be the term. first time I heard punk and Matchbox Twenty. Me too. Yeah, yeah, like I don't get that at all. It's a bit of an attitude complex here. Uh, maybe uh, maybe that's a little a yeah, little shallow. Yeah, but I but... mean, but the attitude I thought came more from a, an R and B standpoint even. Like, because one of the uh, songs was an all out R and B song, more or less. I mean, the I closest... admitted the pump the pop element. But it's just uh, more pop rock. It, when that means we might ag- disagree with the influences we're drawn into that yeah, variety. Maybe. Of See, pop. and that's funny. All right. For me, punk is a very pervasive thing throughout a lot of modern pop music, and that includes rock itself, um, even subtly, just because it was such a powerful movement in the '90s. In which case, you get that attitude. But you the, are. but the closest Matchbox Twenty has ever gone to punk, in my opinion, is Unwell. Which is an easy listening pop rock not, not, song. Not true, actually. Busted off the first record is. Oh, try strike that. Yes. Yeah, is a very kind of punkish song, but that's old, old. That's funny. Anyway, really... okay. So I guess so. It's clear that me and John both thought something that would be very obvious and wasn't. So Steve, I gotta find something that's at some point. I gotta find good. This is kind of actually very interesting. Now I'm okay. adding it to the list. Punk is getting added to the list for a quality punk album, a new quality punk album. Well, we don't know that yet. If you gotta, don't disagree, no, it doesn't find, agree for you. <laughs> I gotta find one. Anyway, all right, all right Steve, pick one. I'm, I'm gonna go with one of the ones that you mentioned earlier because the more I think about it, it really does intrigue me. Really, or really way back, episode five, corn. So for corn, I put dubstep metal, dubstep slash metal. Okay. Okay, I have electronic metal. Oh, we were close. 
I got electronic new metal. Oh, see, I didn't do new metal because it didn't feel as new metal as their older stuff. Yeah. This okay. So you had a comparison. I feel that like play. this took yeah. a step back see? in metal. This is another interesting one because when you look through that particular lens, when you're in, when you're in a, at a point where you're you're immersed in the new metal universe, then yeah, you look at something and be like, well, that's not that well, new metal. They pulled back from that. Well, but, but for me, it's still there. Well, because also for me, I'm a diehard Corn fan. I've always been. I've justified records that everybody written right. off because I really like Jonathan Davis' singing style, and I've always been very into them. What was your again? Dubstep. Dubstep metal. Dubstep metal. I, but I felt well, that that one was less new metal. And I will say that dubstep is probably better than electric. You know, I'm almost, I'm almost. Skrillex yeah, worked on it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that Skrillex worked on it therefore yeah. means dubstep. But then again, dubstep to me is a little bit more, a little more cut and dry. Remember, dubstep is like, it's like electronica for idiots. No, mm-hmm. I refute that, and I'm a little offended by it. Ah, oh, come on. It's it. It's, it's really it's, simplified. It's not that shallow. No, it's not. I you, will refute that. I it's would. Not I would that defend. Shallow. I would defend. I would not. That defend. Until you've heard more, that's a very sweeping statement to make. To hear Skrillex is specific like, artists. It's like because looking, you can't cite. Neither can I. I'm thinking like artists. Uh, knowing Skrillex and Dead Mouse oh, is just. It? It's like knowing Katy Perry and Bieber and calling all of our music of our last century. You know that party rocking at your house tonight. All of us are having a good time. Yeah, that's not dubstep. That's not dubstep. That strikes me as a lot of dubstep. It's not. not none that, of it is that. That actually. Do, 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 do. That's not dubstep. That's very straightforward. That's. That's uh that's a dance song. It's not dubstep. You gotta remember, in electronica, in synthesized work like Nobody, this. Nobody It is a little trancy. All right, you know, no one will call LMFAO that. dubstep. Not in a million years. And nobody will call Dead Mouse trance. Ever. Yeah. Uh that that is lost on me. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a he's a popular dubstep okay. artist. Wait, wait, so Interesting. I've got Interesting one that one we'll there. all agree I think unanimously, I lost that <laughs> and I'd be curious to see that we don't u- agree unanimously on this one. Okay. Chikoria. Is jazz. I did Let's not just keep see. it that shallow. I did. Jazz. We agree. Okay. Jazz. I wrote down jazz with four Z's on purpose. Oh, God. Oh, oh, God. Okay. okay, come on. You have to, you have to <laughs> try to some semblance to fit in a, you know, a, a niche here. Yeah, no. There's, there's, it's hard to, to say that it's, it's anything but jazz. jazz. And not no, even the reason... Jazz. I'm sure there are jazz artists there who might actually immortal, have our heads for this. Uh, immortal jazz. But the fact is, I've... I've I've just learned that each and every j- major jazz artist, really major jazz artist, and Chikoria is easily one of them, uh, that has come on the playing field, has a style that is so unique to themselves, so incredibly unique, because it relies so much on improvisation, just straight from the brain kind of stuff. Right. I mean, how could you call it anything but their own style? Of course you know that it's jazz, but it's about as far as you could go. Yeah. Um, the only thing I might narrow this a little bit down, because we are talking about the vigil specifically... This is episode 57. Um, maybe Space Jazz. Just based on, you know, a couple of the tracks in there, okay. which got very, very spacey. And, and I think I did actually read that somewhere, so I may not have entirely unbiased here. So, I mean, we can go through more of these, but... but we got a little bit of time. No, I got, I got one going. that I think is actually going to be hard for us to define, because it was a hard album to talk about to begin with. And that is Serge Tankian's Harakiri. I just put it as straight new metal. Because he still fits the new metal format like System did. So for me, that was easy. Episode 21, I agreed. New metal. Yeah. Straight up new metal. And it's I, purist. There see, was nothing added here. This is him and his. And it, we it is a flexible about, thing, though. We talked about it at length of the way he was evolving his music in that album. In fact, you're the one that brought it up, Steve. Mm-hmm. And I actually put down experimental metal. 
I felt that it really was starting to push the boundaries. That it wasn't just new metal. There was there was a lot the of experimentation. I think was more about uh, there was a little bit of genre blending there, but not quite enough. It, the thing is, the Surge Tank and style. I almost am gonna put him on the level of like you know one of the jazz guys just because his style is so unique, so incredibly unique. It's well, it's pervasive. Well, it actually supersedes whatever he was incorporating. And that's I like, just hear Serge Tankin, in which case I know that he's one of the progenitors. Of, and that was the thing about variety new metal. Yeah, and that was the thing about new metal also is bands like, at least in the early stages of new metal, Corn, Linkin Park, um, uh, System of a Down. Um, Disturbed, these are all bands that if you were in the new metal scene and you heard them, you knew it was them. They had an identifiable sound that was uniquely them, and that's what made it new metal versus metal. A lot of metal bands sounded the same, but new metal bands had a distinct sound of themselves. Like for Disturbed, it was the lead singer, hands down. His voice was completely iconic. You know, with, with System of a Down, it was their kind of sporadic, experimental nature. There are things to some of these prefixes which do actually indicate that, you know, they are not so much in a box. Certainly, alt would be one of those things. Yes. I almost am on the, on the line of saying that new, N-U, uh, for metal is the equivalent of saying of alt, alt for, for like rock. rock. Uh, yeah. Some people may disagree. I think that's a fair assessment, but though. But I do think new metal requires a little bit more adherence to form, mm -hmm. while also um, kind of shredding, kind of showing off in right. the interim. The, the, that's I mean, what I said on that. A fair assessment. And that's where I, I'll that's say that... That's what Surge does. Yeah, but there is differences and divergence from just that. Where I gotta say, he was truly experimental in that case. It was definitely metal. It's hard to call it anything but metal. But I wouldn't even say that it, it was close to what System was doing. It was closest to System, but it was still very unique. Alright, I got one. Hmm. Yes? Let's try garbage. Episode 28. I got it. I have to find it. These are, we should say up front, these are specifically the albums that we review. In this case, not your kind of people. So this one I was actually struggling with as a garbage fan and knowing their entire discography. I remember songs from that record, but the record as a whole I couldn't remember. So I, I was a compound. I would put techno rock. I didn't remember techno. any techno in it. Oh, you 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 definitely copied. So that. what I, might have I been? I don't recall anything. So what I might I barely so, remember. Rock so in so it. so what it might have been for me is most of their back catalog was techno-y. They had that kind of you know fast beat rock and kind of electronic. If I was gonna say anything, it was garage rock, but it was popified garage rock. It was pop garage. Garage garbage, <laughs> garbage garage. It was garage rock. It really was, and it was Gar that Garbage. maybe that little tink that 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 techno stuff, the electronica stuff. That's where I see pop influences going right. forward. Well, that garage thing I did notice, and that's why I actually called it straight up indie. I think that in many ways, pop indie music. And all right, let's just analyze the term here, just because mm, some of us may have thrown the word indie around in a few of these. I'm not sure, but indie is very popular term, almost as easy to throw down as alt yeah. these days. I feel like... And there is a distinct difference, and I do think indie is a lot more formulaic. Uh, but at the same time, a little bit edgy. I do think indie, in many ways, really is modern rock. It is, like, you hear a modern rock band, you really don't know how else to play them, but they're not, you know, they're not trying to filter in crazy instruments or right. abstract themes. They're really just straightforward rock. Fun, easy to enjoy, with, um, with a good hook, you know. And I, I think Garbage fit that niche. 
Yeah. I In which mean, case, my, my idea of indie is very much the opposite of what indie probably originally meant. Well, well, what's funny about that for me, and probably why I put techno rock, is because all I can remember is the garbage albums that I really remembered, which was the past catalog, which wasn't very indie. Yeah. But... I'm just being a term stickler here. Yeah. It's more like, okay, when everyone goes indie, when everyone and a lot of people went indie, it was almost like the thing to my do. Biggest, my biggest Then what is, is indie? My biggest issue with indie, though, is to me, indie was a confusing term that I compared to Prague. Not so much that it's like Prague, oh, but, but just... nothing like Prague. But, but let me finish okay. my sentence. Prague, to me, was a term until recently that I didn't understand, so I just assumed that Prague is an overarching thing that other genres could fit into. It's also because of the hipster scene and how closely both styles of music are associated. That whole with in- indie as opposed to be independent. Yes. yes. Independent label. I understand that. It's just... The term has gotten skewed over the years, right? Yeah, and I'm going with the, I'm going it. with the skewing in this case. I'm well, that, not I'm not being a because we know that independent labels are absolutely meaningless anymore. You can be on an independent label and and uh, still be doing your own thing. It's not like a specific genre of music talked, anymore. We've talked about a couple of different bands that have done that yeah. are very different yeah. from one another. I think I think alt has actually become a little bit more of the uh, we're stepping out of the box. Indie's no longer out of the box. That's fair. Um, I do have okay. Let me know. Good our, though. Our next suggestion. This is a band that's always been hard for me to define, and I'm kind of curious if anybody's actually put a label on them. And that is Muse's Second Law. See, I just put straight rock because we talked about how, at length, they were one of the only. They they're like one of the only big rock bands left. I had a very clear word to add to that. I mean, I understand why you say that. Their previous, their early work for sure, I don't think I would have disagreed at all. Um, because they don't fit that indie niche for sure. Yeah. They're modern rock, but they really do, you know, rock in its purest form. But this album, this album, phew, as well as maybe their previous album, Symphonic Rock. I had close. Um, I couldn't even use the word rock. This was electric epic. <laughs> it's hard. We I, you got abstract on us. Interesting. I couldn't. I didn't want want to define Muse as rock, because they really it's it's rock at its core, but it's the super genre of rock, and it's hard to find. They did the have electronic elements one. in that album, for instance. Which is you know symphon- that symphonic uh, electronic. One of the early tracks in that album had that uh, that special bass. I don't even know what to call it. I'm not sure the name the of it. The special bass. The the bass that actually uses a bit of a touchscreen and. Uh, functions as the whammy bar yeah that's that that's madness madness that was it and um yes that has an electronic element but to me that's not a pervasive thing throughout the track no more than any other album that is released today of course everything has some electronic element i agree symphonic is more appropriate word but i can't use any word but epic just because style now, stylistically, Even, yeah, you there's a, something about that album. There's that like an ode nature in half the stuff they do. A a film nature, yeah, you, a cinema cinematic. Uh, and rock cannot come close to me to touching that. Well, that's why I went with symphonic because in many ways that's the perfect way of saying that it's not a movie. There's no movie attached to it, but there is. Um, there should be. <laughs> that's the way people feel about a lot of old symphonies so I still think this is a band that could make a very strong uh, composer for soundtrack competitor I think that they could compose for a movie very well, easily well since you said so let's go I actually want to do both of these um, not all three of them because we did three soundtracks actual right. soundtracks 
And of course, aside for I don't. Yeah, unless but, you're going to say soundtrack, is anybody else going to say soundtrack for well, this? Well, I have other. No, but I have other words. I know which one you're you talking about. Oh, I, I thought you actually words. said I have other. Well, because you can't. If you're referring to Wreck It Ralph, it's 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 too various. Like there, it, it you can't. It is various because of the early tracks. Yeah. But once the primary uh, movie music ha- that actually was written for I, the film, it was begins, electronic. Synth electronic synth synth soundtrack. It all right, was, I guess we are doing all three. Then. Was I wasn't really... going to count this because I thought you were going to be more on board with this. Well, well <laughs> again, it's too various. I don't think you can really classify Record Ralph because of that. Taking just the original work, just the original worth, I can't see it as anything but a synth score, a uh, synth soundtrack. I wouldn't even count it as a score. I was okay. Wow. I had, here's the one I was going to leave out. I went with. I didn't expect to get all these words, but eight bit. No, there wasn't enough 8-bit in it. All of it wasn't 8-bit. Then I'll continue with the words. 8-bit revival techno. Now I think you're just doing drugs. Oh, come on. Revival? You said weird. Where's the word revival Revival, come from? Revival comes from... Well, first of all, that's used in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's used in a lot of things to... In my opinion, not to say, you know, post this or neo that, which are two completely different words, which mean it's like the way in which this would perceived now. In my opinion, Revival harkens back very closely to the original with artist's choice degree of, um, of updating it. This was trying to fit a time period. That was half the, the theme of the movie, was to be back in that um, old-school video game. It was an ode to video game music, and 8-bit is pretty commonly used to... Uh, evoke that feeling. To evoke yeah, video game idea. period, so... I threw in techno at the end because I admit there was a little bit more <coughs> playing around being done, um, just to you know, cop out on the on the revival just a little bit. So, okay, then let's go to the other soundtracks. First off, the actual video game soundtrack, Halo Four. So where was episode that? thirty? Uh, Neil Davidge. Davidge. Right. Davidge. Davidge. We, we think. Davidge. We don't know. <laughs> He's got the best song that didn't come from him. Uh, you see, this one I could not call a score either. I called it an orchestral soundtrack. I just said classical. Classical. Nah, uh, nah, nah, nah. You can't use classical. that almost in any modern. Yeah. Even, even, uh, even John Williams. You know, you can't say classical. Yeah. Even as 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 so, as hearkening to so classical, classical as he does. No, it's not classical. Oh, uh, so it's just. If anything, it's probably closer to the romantic, if I remember correctly, on your definitions. I don't know. This you is know, a ways back, but I think I remember. That would. Yeah. That would perhaps, yes, hearken to romantic... There were romantic themes within that. Yeah. Um, then I was just unaware of the rules. I, I was a little more general with this, though, to be honest. This one, I didn't get crazy. I simply said symphonic action soundtrack. In other words, evoking actual action themes. In other, There's not very much other yeah. way to describe it. Like, that, that was invented that. by the film. This is not a matter where, like, oh, the music came first, and then, and then we have to you know, decided afterwards. This was like the film developed the action the style. Game. Oh, the sorry. Game. Yeah, you're right. Well, no, no, no. I do actually mean though the film began it because this game models itself off action films and yeah, sci-fi sure. films in that way. That's true. So it has become films. sort of the idea of the classical science fiction right. action movie. But in that way, I can't really separate it from the kind of thing that would be in yeah an action film. The, okay. the soundtrack to me is is right there in that niche. Okay. It's, it's a thing of itself. Speaking of an action film. Um, the one I chose 
which was I've realized I chose two of the three soundtracks. Yes, you did. Um, I so the yet. other soundtrack, of course, is for Pacific Rim, which was another po- somewhat polarizing review by a Ramin Djawani. Yeah. Ramin Djawadi, episode fifty-five. A more recent one. So this one, I mean, because of the Tom Morello influences, I remember most of it being fairly straight rock. Just kind of straight rock or maybe even metal. I This uh, this was my craziest. I'm going to warn you right away. Everything else I was pretty mm-hmm. simple. Rock orchestral score. Rock orchestral score. I can get on board with that. That makes sense. Mine is a lot crazier. Yes. Let's hear it. You ready for this? Yeah. Rock slash techno because there was an equal mix of both mm-hmm. sometimes it was rock sometimes it was techno rock slash slash techno infused symphonic cinemascape and I have reasons behind each and every one of I these I understand every single words but you told me not to go that deep oh yeah, that's true yeah, no 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 I said us. you can you, you could use one of them you can use a hyphen you can use a slash and you can use um, a two, two or three words and I think I and a quote <laughs> I went through all of them but only right. for this one. There are many, many others, and I think uh, that's going to be my next one is something much simpler. Okay. Uh, Talking simple, and I well, know let's, everyone's going to be disagreeing with me on this one, and it's I one just, that I we just, all liked. Steam Powered Giraffe, Two Cent Show. So this, I mean, I, I couldn't think of what to put it as, so of course I wrote Steampunk, even though we had a length discussion about how there's no such thing as Steampunk music. It's only an idea. Right. The reality of it is is that, I like that. T- Two Cent Show, I couldn't really think of how to... Uh, quantified because there were so many different sounds. So Let's try to say it up front. Episode thirty nine, two cents shows. So program. so I said steampunk because because the fact that steampunk's an idea, not a genre. And the I, fact I that understand all, that. The fact that it was all over the place, I felt summed it up. I you think know, because this feels like sort of a new idea in what they're doing. Uh, just the steampunk idea is a new idea. I first of all I started uh, alternative. Alternative Southern Rock. That's the closest oh, I could that's do. Weird. Or Alternative Folk. I could not decide between the two. Or, to be honest, Alt Folk Rock. It wasn't as Alt Southern, though, to me. That, that was the There's word that elements. did not jump out in that there album. Was a, there was a couple of elements. There's in Western that... elements, but not Southern elements. They're different. Subtle, but different. Uh, I want to yes. go back to one thing quickly. Just back to Steampunk. Because... It's curious that you went there, and I almost thought, you know, when I originally made this, uh, I thought that would, would have been the cop-out. But the more I think about it, because it is an idea, that's no different than saying, let's say last week when I mentioned Impressionism, which was born out of art, like a visual art movement, and then it was incorporated within music. That's no different. And this band incorporates a visual art. They're yeah. all stage performers. Steampunk, steampunk is, is an aesthetic a dress style it's all these things and hell now it's music yeah. and they did that so yeah. that's 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 a very valid point I went something a little more specific and it was based on what we talked about in the episode not so simple vaudevillian folk revival vaudevillian I, actually, I see vaudevillian I see definitely I was instead of alt I was thinking vaudeville but I I was gonna say vaudeville. See, but folk I just rock. didn't really get a solid not enough folk. Not there's, enough there's, rock to me, though. There was not enough folk either, though. There was what some. What are you talking about? There was a lot of folk. Yeah, but there was also a ton of pop and western rock. But then why are you arguing western about rock. western rock? I mean, that's rock? a weird one. Well, what would you call automatonic no, electronic harmonic? You mean? It was very western sounding. I mean, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're what you're saying. Western that's where sounding. I'm starting to hear southern in it. Yeah, but that's not the same thing. I don't know where Western comes from. Just I don't interject, know what Western this is rock exactly is. what I wanted to happen today. Yes. What's Western rock? I don't know. 
I don't know what Two Cent Show is. How is it different than Southern? Because I, I think you mean Southern. Southern, Southern is more like Leonard Skinner. Western is more Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is not Western. If anything, he's Southern folk. Southern rock. Mm. Eventually becomes Southern rock. You know... Yeah. Progenitor to it, if anything. So, yeah, your Western is Southern. Okay, I guess that makes sense then. But he's also country. Yeah. Kind of more country than anything else. And I think country is really that Western thing. Because it was the original country. Before country music became, oh, Dolly Parton. You know? Yeah. That's what it used to be. Not that there's anything wrong with Dolly Parton per se. Oh, yeah. But I made that sound just to kind of like it's <laughs> different thing. I think this is because I think if we keep going, we're just going to list everything, and that's okay. not the point of okay. this. Okay, no. Just to be, just I, be um, straight up, Rex Markley is, is, a, is a folk song. No, that's fair. That's okay. true. Okay. All right, then. Uh, Two tickets. Uh, uh, everyone, pick, everyone pick one. Last round. Okay. So I, for me, this one, because. I don't even have anything for it, so I'm not even going to be in it. But I'm picking it because I want to hear what you guys pick, because I couldn't put a label on it. They might be giants. I have okay. nothing. That one was surprisingly easy for me. Really? What'd you get? Um, I only made one little variation, but uh, yeah, alt new wave, new wave. Okay. This is very very close. New I wave was that. a start. This is not you know some BS thing. This was no. Pre- I can this see was it. a genre attributed to no, honestly, a lot of the. Rock bands that came out in the early '80s. You know, uh, the experimental ones. They were experimental for the time. Okay, I put down experimental alt rock. I mean, okay, if you're thinking in early '80s terms. Yeah. But now, not no. really. No, now they're not that crazy today. So I'd say. So why I said alt new wave just to create a vari- a, a variance on I, that existing style. And I can see that, and honestly, because of the, you know what, the song kept me from being able to figure out what genre it was. What. The song we love best. Darling's, Darlings of Loverland is so hard to, 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 to just identify. Because it, it hits so many things. It's such a great song. But New Wave, an alternative New Wave, does really characterize it quite well. There's, there's um, The thing with New Wave is that quirkiness is often goes with it. You know, a lot and of Blondie, Blondie stuff was quirky. Well, yeah, um, Flock of Seagulls. Especially for the early 80s. I think it had to do uh, a lot with... United, no, not President. It had to do with, like, a, a movement that was an answer to a lot of the really serious, deep stuff coming out yeah. in the 70s. Like, the 70s were entrenched with psychedelic rock and prog rock. And actually, one of the critiques at the time was that that music was inaccessible. Inaccessible. A lot of people, you know, who had grown up with 1950s and 60s stuff, I, looked at the stuff in the 70s. They're like, what are you doing I, to rock? I totally get that, considering I was not a huge Pink Floyd fan. I was you not are. a huge um, um, uh, Led Zeppelin fan. So I get that. So imagine what they would have th- thought yeah. when the early 80s came around and these bands started doing this this upbeat, fun, quirky, silly, you know, they dive into all that stuff. Yeah. Um, that would have been exactly in your... In your realm. It's funny. This reminds me of uh, the the genre talks remind me of an artist who I really want to do an album review for, but he hasn't put anything out new recently. But Andrew W. K. Andrew W. K. is a guy who does mostly heavy Andrew metal style music, but ninety percent of it is so upbeat and happy, which is not really a thing that metal often does. So it's kind of you know he's always taken an interesting spin on metal. So I, for a later episode, if he comes out with new work, I would love to do an album with his. Anyway, okay. So that was my pick. Well, what about you, John? Cigarro. Gvecker. Cigarros. Episode 60. I just put it as metal. No. 
I could not get on board with metal. I'm surprised you picked this, considering that I thought we discussed exactly what it is, and it's fairly decided upon, so this is a cop-out for me, because I did actually know going into it. Um, post-rock. Oh, yeah. I put down we I discussed put this. ambient slash post-rock. I, I actually forgot and thought we were referring to someone else's post-rock. Yeah. We may have come up for some something else, but uh, I chose... Uh, Sigaros because it, they're almost the poster child of post, post rock. rock. Yeah, <laughs> poster <forgot>. child. <laughs> Your puns. I love it. Are they not hurt. getting any better? No, they hurt. That's no. okay. Okay. I'm okay with that. But yeah, okay needless to say, post rock. There's a definition attributed okay. to it, and it tends to be that style of it guitar was, playing. That was all that my very memory. fast tremolo, tremolo using I, a guitar as yeah. as a. As a soundscape, and nearly, the fu- nearly the tapping level. And the funniest thing, speed. the funniest thing about that though, is that I was so on point with so many of the ones further back, and yet that one I couldn't remember post rock. I hate myself. Moving on. Okay, last one. I'm getting very close to that. I mean, in chronology, right before it, Blue October. Okay, this one. <laughs> Pop sadcore. Wow. <laughs> I had no other idea. Because honestly, I forgot most no, of the No, no, Sad is not bad. That's really not bad. I was a lot simpler with this. It was one of my simplest. I just pop, did rock. pop rock. Yeah. Pop rock. Because that's what it is at its heart. Theme work keeps it in that idea of him sadcore. Yeah. I would equate the theme work to be in that same sort of vein. Yeah, yeah but. Of what this, he created. But the music is very much just straightforward pop rock with a little bit of hip hop influence. And it's like that's John it. said in the beginning, you know, when you're that's doing him. In the order yeah, of words. the same thing. Nah. They, were, they had right. more metal elements in the style of guitar play and stuff. There was more metal elements to that. Interesting. Well, only toward the end of the album yeah, did yeah. they kind of like fluctuate a little bit. But again, we're, we're being a generalist here. And the order of words is kind of important, as John yeah. said in the beginning. Pop rock. rock. In other words, we're really defining the rock thing primarily yeah. as pop because that's the way the English language works yes um, so Hence I pop, think yeah rock, it, rock is predominant for me. oh yeah everyone really it's mostly pop rock there are only a couple but songs it's just that it's very influence. formulaic and very accessible yeah. for that reason it is pop there we are there you go okay so this was an interesting experiment I mean I I, I, I like how <laughs> it, it just, we all tried to okay first off we all tried to pick the ones that the other persons can't get yeah. yeah. Well, also, the ah, point, what did you think of this? The thing about this, as we wrap up, the thing about this is <laughs> way to be jaunty. Yes, we are. The thing about this, as we wrap it up, and even though the theme has been spoken to to death on this podcast, it further really proves that memory and impression and taste varies from individual to and individual. We really do hear different things sometimes, and we'll find things in songs that <laughs> we heard different things today. We've heard different things in the past. The topic of today is variance. It's really sure. it. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, before we completely wrap up, why don't you give us a uh, spam email of the day until we get real fan mail? Spam! <laughs> I like that. you got to do that from now on. That's it. I think it's I decided. do. <laughs> anyway. However, adhering to few options are in all probability mutual by most young children. Individuals foresee his or her dad and mom are not going to yell their way and root to the coming from a gameplay and or follow and also on a recreation and apply recreation and apply this is the game of course bye Prada Sax Vente see and I thought it would have been by NFL jerseys ah it really threw you for a loop there didn't it a little bit bit. it sounded like NFL jerseys it didn't meet my expectations no, it, it really it harkened back. No, to, no, we were gonna not do it today. We we're not gonna analyze this. To be now. honest, I can't. I couldn't follow that Matt one. Matt got swept up. I really this. couldn't follow that one. I was just one. tired of being left out and fighting you guys on it. That That's one legitimately right. had a um, lot of prepositions. So, uh, as we close, um, 
Guys, I really want to impress upon you. If you like the podcast, go to iTunes, check us out, rate us, write a review, um, subscribe, please. Uh, Come on, it, you gotta like us if you got this far into the night. Obviously, like considering we broke two hours for the first time in a yeah. long time. Um, Next week. Yeah. Uh, you almost John, forgot about that. No, part. no, I was doing my promotions first. Um, oh, okay. It's just because it's been a while since I pushed the email. Please email us if you have any questions, comments. We'd love to hear from you. And there's a donate button on the top right hand corner of the uh, website. Click on it. Give us your money so we can make the podcast better. <laughs> it's not that. like anybody's going to anyway. <laughs> it's not the first time you put it that way. I Give know. us your money. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. guys, if we, we, we do this for free and we want to make the podcast better for you, if you like it, we'll only make it better. Yeah. We better get. We, I just want rich fans at this point. <laughs> Because it seems like everybody's as broke as us. Probably. There, there you, you go. go. All right. Next week. John's pick. What do you got is, for us? We have uh, uh, a proclaimed indie rock band. The Arctic Monkeys. A self-proclaimed. Interesting. Um, Arctic Monkeys with their new album. Okay, so we're not sure if it's AM or AM. said that kind of Swedish-like. Arctic, it's, Mo- Arctic it's, Monkeys. It's fully capitalized, so it's, I think it's AM, but I think it's supposed to represent, in my theory, and we'll find out if this is true by next week, I think it's supposed to be represent a, it's a cop-out on a self-titled album. It's AM, standing for Arctic Monkeys. I think it also has the And then self- if it's self-titled, then it's M. Which right. is... As in, you know... Arctic to Monkeys. Yes, to uh, it could also, Or as in AM, as in I am. That's what I mean. I am, yeah. or it could actually mean morning. There's no periods, so it probably doesn't do that. Either way, that's pretty layered. Uh, it's been <laughs> a long time since I've heard Arctic. I did listen to the first two tracks on this one to make sure I wanted to pick it this time. <laughs> and I went with it. All right, well... Good tune for in, you. Tune in next week, next week for that. And remember, as always, music is life. And, and life, life is, is good. good.